Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan. In front of me is James. And in my chair is Brad. And we are joined by a special guest. Introduce yourself to the listener, sir. Hi, my name is Ben Erbach. I'm a local filmmaker, I suppose you could say. Oh, yeah? Ben, what films have you made? <laughs> I've made a vast a, a variety of films over the past couple of years. Uh, Leaving Spencer, Motions of the Park, just some short films, mostly through through the film school. And oh, Hold it like it's a cock. Gotta, gotta get it up here into my... Like, see how is that a little... Not, not too, much, too much not right there? The oh, God. S- see how Brad has it? Like, he's just ready to suck that dick. That's how you want to do this it. This is where I want it, right here? Yeah. All yeah. Right. Sorry. It, it helps if you jiggle some balls. Just juggle right here? Yep. All right. That's nice. <laughs> uh, what got you into filmmaking? <clears throat> you know, I kind of always knew that I wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, I think it was Raiders of the Lost Ark for me was the movie that... Good James choice. just got an erection. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no. No. Just because we're sharing a couch, you don't have to be afraid. Oh, don't touch me. <laughs> James loves it. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely Raiders um, that got me into filmmaking. I don't know. Somewhere along the way, I kind of forgot about that. I went to school for journalism, of all things. Huh. Tried to be a sports broadcaster, ESPN kind of nonsense like that. Uh, randomly went and saw Inception one night, and that kind of reminded me of what I always knew was in my heart, and was just filmmaking and telling stories to people and connecting with them that way. <laughs> connecting with them that way <laughs> cool cool so uh so big filmmakers are your uh Can't talk to side <laughs> gotcha. and i forgot my question sorry no it's not you it's brad <laughs> it's, it's, it's always brad. It's this it, microphone it, it, thing. it's okay uh, hey, we should have told you before yeah man. they're yeah. they're directional <laughs> yeah, mics kind of rushed into so this. you have to just yeah, gotcha. yeah i'm holding it off to the side yes. okay yeah. right so in front of my face what in particular about those two movies made you want to do movies was it the magic of them um i think it was just the way that they were able to get me to feel while watching them how they were just made me excited at the right times and how they made me you know concerned and and worried and and hopeful all at the same time and it was just the connection that i had with with spielberg or with nolan at the time and it was just <clears throat> it was visceral, you know. It mm-hmm. was, it was real. So, a, a filmmaker, do you lean more toward? Do you write and direct? I do. And what do you, what do you uh, prefer more? Um, are you a director or a writer first? Or I, I guess it depends on the stage of the process. You know, which hat I'm wearing. I enjoy both equally. I love creating the stories and creating those characters, and then taking them and working with the actors and the cinematographers and the editors and the production designers and all those different people. I love working with them and collaborating with them and bringing these people to life. Do you remember the first movie that you wrote? Uh, the first movie that I wrote was a adaptation of The Giving Tree. I love that. And, I, oh, wow. and it was more about Instead of a tree, it was about a car, and it was a short, short film. Um, I never made it. Haven't, haven't, haven't actually gotten a chance to make that one yet. Hmm. <clears throat> but it's about a car and a and a 
boy to man's relationship as he grows from a kid to a an adult his relationship with his with his car it's kind of like transformers yeah <laughs> it was exactly transformers and then that's michael, why you never made it and then michael oh, bay came to me and he <laughs> said hey i'm gonna make this exactly <laughs> like you wrote it and i'm not gonna pay you which turned out not to be true <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first one you wrote was it the first one you wrote where you said ah i, I can write a movie and i can make it or was the first screenplay that you wrote that you knew you could make it into a movie that I think that one I think that one was the first one that I knew I was going to make one day. It's not it's not dead I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that that one yeah was probably the first one that I figured I would actually make. Um the first one that I actually made was terrible, obviously. <laughs> um I I think it was just a matter of I didn't want my, you know, my uh, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? My uh, my vision, my uh, whatever it is. I didn't want it to be corrupted by anything, which is kind of which sounds a little uh, perfectionist. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not. It, yeah, but I, I, it, I put it on the back burner. Made a couple movies. I'm not too excited about. But now we're <laughs> we're moving forward with one that I'm actually really 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 excited to to get started here cool i'll get into that one in a second so did you go to school for filming or did you just study movies and then you had an eye for the directing part uh no i'm uh currently i'm actually at uh, the colorado film school in uh, denver uh it's a great place that's kind of where i'm where i started and uh hopefully that's where i'll you know get to call home for a little bit longer is it bad that i actually kind of wanted my cat to bite that maybe get electrocuted and they don't have to worry about it anymore <laughs> <laughs> like gremlins that'd be sweet wouldn't be your problem anymore. yeah no uh, it'd, be, it'd be like um christmas vacation you know when that cat crawls up underneath the chair and just yep that'd be oh, awesome man be a great day for everybody <laughs> so you're in colorado film school and what are you filming right now you said you're really excited about a project you're working on right now so last spring uh, the Colorado Film School put on a somewhat of a contest for for one of their classes, the, the creative producing class, um, wherein the three they would choose three projects out of however many to throw some money at, and they would get to uh, make their make their short film. Uh, I was lucky enough that my script was chosen as the the winner, so they gave us some money, and we're going forward with that 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 production now. Um, it's called River Bridge. It's about a recent wil- widower who is uh, kind of living his life day to day. He's suicidal, so he never really expects himself to make it to tomorrow. And that's kind of the story is him understanding that there is a tomorrow for him personally. And is this a short film? It's a short film um, right now. What it is is it's actually a sizzle reel, which is what what we'll do is we'll take that 15 minute excerpt almost of a story of a feature and bring it to potential investors and show them what we can do and say, Hey, this is, this is a story in and of itself, but it can be a feature and it is a feature and you give us money, you get behind us and we can make something really special. And how do you find investors? Uh, I, I'm always <laughs> curious on that because I, I read 
a biography. Well, it's not really a biography. I guess it's uh, behind the scenes of Evil Dead. And Sam Raimi would just go to banks and businesses and ask for money, and that's how he got it. Is that how you do it now in film? It's. I mean, there's so many different ways. One of our professors likes to tell a story about how um, he got funding for one of his independent features through potato farmers. What? Um, potato <laughs> farmers, yeah. They, they're surprisingly really rich, you know? Um, <laughs> and what it is is, you know, they don't really know too much about filmmaking, so they obviously think it's this, uh, you know, novel thing to get involved with. So, you know, one guy donates to the project maybe $20,000 or so, and then he tells his potato farming buddy, and it's like, oh, yeah, I want to do that too, and hey, I'm going to throw some money at it as well. We were lucky one of the judges through this contest is actually a uh, investment capital guy. So we already have that something of a connection. So maybe that's something that we can go to him first. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it's a guarantee or anything like that. I'm saying that it's a, a person that we can at least approach. Hmm. That's good. You know, we interviewed Michael Uslan, who's a producer of the Batman movies, mm-hmm. and he said anytime someone opens a door for you, kick it open. Don't just, like, peek in. Just exactly. knock it down. So, yeah, knock that stuff out. So are you more of a serious kind of filmmaker or... I I am a storyteller, I guess, that would be the pretentious way of putting oh it. Oh, my God. There's so many of them in the film industry. <laughs> I, I don't... It's If it's a comedy, if it's a horror, if it's a thriller, if it's a romantic comedy, I don't... If, it, if I am into those characters, if I'm invested in them, if I have something that I... If I read the script and I, and I can see it and I can see the movie in my head, then I'm, I'm on board. I, I, I'm... It doesn't matter. I want to. I just want to tell a really good story. Very cool. How'd you meet Brad? We met. I met uh, Brad <laughs> at uh, a mutual friend's birthday party. The one, the only Cougar Littlefield. Oh, he's yeah. on the show again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's think, good. Brad usually meets his guys at whorehouses. So, <laughs> oh god damn it! Little variety, <laughs> special life. Oh, I don't even know how to defend myself. No, right there now. was just no subtlety of it. You <laughs> just can't. You just go, oh, uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Oh, by the way, I always uh, try to derail conversations. Uh, <laughs> welcome to my podcast. I'm enjoying every minute of this. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Good. You're the only one right now. <laughs> <laughs> James isn't even listening. He's probably reading about no, the I'm death of the somebody. Internet. I already know there's a death of somebody in the news. There, there is. Great. And, Way and to J- spoil the and, podcast, and, right? I'm and, going J- and James is going to lead with that. He's like, yeah, this, <laughs> this guy's dead. Well, is there more news to talk about? Come on. Uh, so you met Brad at a party. Was Brad drunk? I think I think Brad was pre-drunk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was. He was. He was on his way. He's going to do his best to forget the conversation <laughs> he had with you. <laughs> and then I approached him, and he was like, "Yep, I'm getting drunk today." I was nice. so drunk that I thought the pool was made out of whiskey, so I was just <laughs> hovered over the pool, just like sucking out <laughs> down that water. <laughs> oh, can't even tell the difference. Chlorine. <laughs> <laughs> He's dying. <laughs> So is there a place we can watch any of your films right now? <clears throat> right now, uh, everything is on my Vimeo page. Uh, and I think if you just search Jabroni Films, which is the production company. Nice. Yeah, it is. Uh, like The Rock? Dude, I'm a huge Rock no, fan. No, not uh, like The Rock. Well, then I don't like you anymore. He spells it wrong. <laughs> it's uh, J-I-B-R-O-N-I Films. Uh, you can see some of the earlier stuff there. And what, where, where did that name come from? I'm half Italian. Um, it's it's Italian slang for for moron, nice dumbass. Um, so, so I guess you can't take yourself too seriously. Oh, huh? not at all, not at all. <laughs> Believe me, not at all. So you don't have your own website for yourself? 
<clears throat> Not yet. We have a uh, Twitter account. If that counts as sure. a Twitter. Sure. Twitter is? Brad will make you a website. No. Yeah. Brad loves making websites. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, if you can give Brad two Go bucks, he's like, you know what? I'll make the websites for free. He loves it so much. And then he'll, he'll webmaster it for you for yeah. life. Yeah. For free. Yeah, I'll do it for the rest of my life. <laughs> for life. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm so excited. The one I, was, I did in 2005, 2006. I finally don't have to run anymore. <laughs> nice. It's liberating. Nice. So what, what's your Twitter handle, sir? My personal Twitter handle, handle is at Benjamin Erbach, E-R-B-A-C-H. Um, we also have one set up for the film, uh, so you can follow along in, during the pre-production and production, post-production. Get all the cool news and pictures and fun film school stuff like that. It's uh, at Riverbridge Film. Cool. And it, and uh, how far along are you in the pre-production? We are, let's say, the fourth, mm -hmm. or as we're recording it, it's the fourth. Um, so we're 20 days away. Very cool. And is that when away. cameras roll? Cameras roll in 20 days, yeah. Wow. Getting Go location exciting. scouting tomorrow. It's, yeah. Going location scouting tomorrow. Exciting is one way to put it. <laughs> Nerve-wracking. I think my hairline started about here, and it's gone up about an inch, inch since we started. So uh, it's you got to be crazy to do this kind of stuff, and I love every minute of it. But very cool. Are you an actor's director, or are you uh, a dick director like Brad over here? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't mean like I'm mean. I just I direct. Physical dicks. dicks. Yeah. yeah, he's really yeah. good at directing your dance and just like okay, he's like you're a little flaccid. Around. I need that like half erect. <laughs> yeah, fluffer, please. We need yeah. <laughs> Stunt cock. He is also the fluffer. <laughs> um, I guess I'm a, uh, I guess I'm an actor's director. I personally like to sit down with each of them and kind of figure out what's true together. Um, I don't like to sit down and say, hey, this is what I think, do it. Because then it's just, if it's if what I put on the screen is right from my brain, then it's no one is going to be interested in that because I think that's just the obvious. But when I think when two people or three people or four people or however many people get together, they can come up with something that's going to be a little more unique, a little more inviting to the audience that way. Cool. Very cool. Do you guys have any questions? No. I, I thought your, you were just going to keep going. What's your dream project? My dream project... Working with me anytime, sir. Is uh, <laughs> is coming on Real Nerds and <laughs> being the fourth. Wow, you're... you're you My dream standards. project is like... <laughs> Batman. Yeah? You know? <laughs> good answer. If I could do... it's It's kind of like upsetting that all these really good movies have already been made. So do you like the Affleck Batman? Okay. My initial reaction was probably the same as everyone's, which was horror. <laughs> but you know what? The more I thought about it, I think it kind of makes sense. His, ca his, his being casting. His being cast. I think it makes sense. I think with um, Henry Cavill, which I think is how you say his last name. Yeah, sure. Really Why not? <laughs> he's English, whatever. He, he's... He, he's playing an all-American hero. New enough. Listening. He's he's not really established. And in the first in in Man of Steel, they had Lawrence Fish uh, Fishburne. They had um, Richard Schiff. They had Amy Adams there to help carry the load dramatically. And they got rid of some of those people. You know, Richard Schiff, obviously. So I think bringing someone 
who has clout, who has acting chops, um, directing chops even. Um, I think that that is going to help light, le- lessen the load for for Henry in this second film and whoever they bring in for Lex Luthor will probably be the same. Will do uh, help to take some of that that weight off of off of his shoulders and and people can you know accept the two of them together as uh you know on screen that is that is such a director's answer it is like that was that was so much like the mathematician (laughs) of casting it wasn't like the you know any of our answers would be like oh yeah because i think he's badass that was like the well, yes. The, there is a certain amount of uh, dramatic weight, and uh, he can carry quite a bit of it. And that was good. I like that. I'm an Affleck I fan, that so I, no, actually, I, I enjoyed. You know, I think the casting. I think good. people are still they are still focused on Giggly and and all that kind of stuff. They, <laughs> they don't <laughs> they don't take into account the town and, and Argo and those were really well done. And mm-hmm. he was a very big part of the reason why. Runner, 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 runner. <laughs> I mean, he feeds crocodiles. Uh, you know, I'd only see that movie because I hope he feeds somebody to a crocodile. I'd only see that movie for him, <laughs> which is the craziest thing, because two years ago, if you'd asked me about Ben Affleck, I'd be like, fuck you. Really? He made The Town two years ago. That movie's yeah. awesome. I, I would, the Town did not convince me. Not. He was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Phantoms. <laughs> awesome. Uh, hey, Ben, thanks for hanging out on the show with us today. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. My pleasure. If you've never listened to Real Nerds Podcast, every week we go see a new movie, and this week we saw Gravity in 3D. First time we saw 3D. That's the first time I've seen 3D in pff, a while. What's the last movie we saw in 3D? The Hobbit? <laughs> we, we've seen one at the Alamo. I know we've seen one at the Alamo. because Star not, Trek in 3D. Star Trek, yeah, yeah. I did not I saw, see Star Trek in 3D. Oh, okay. Were you... Well, anyway. No, you did not take me, James. I went and saw Star Trek on my own. Really? Why? Were you out of town? I don't know. What was going on? Probably. There was some reason. Yeah, there was some reason. Because yeah. I know I saw it with I think my I folks, said, I, I think, think I was time. opening a restaurant for my Yes, that is, that is what happened. Um... But yeah, I think that's the first 3D movie I saw since The Hobbit. Wow. Pretty sure. Hmm. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk later about whether or not the 3D in this movie is worth it. But as far as that fad going away... No, what about uh, Oz? You saw Oz in 3D, right? Oh! No. I did no. not see it in 3D. You're right. We didn't see it in 3D. Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like I saw it in the 3D? Yeah. No, we didn't. Mm. Huh. This is fascinating for the listeners. Yeah, it is. If you can remember yeah. what movie ranks <laughs> on 3D, please yeah. tweet the show. Avid listeners, Cora, write us and tell yeah. us what movies we've seen this year because we forgot. Um, of course, when we have a guest on, we always open the show with a guest. Uh, thanks again, Ben. Um, and we also have fan mail. I have a comic book. We talk about stuff we've been watching, some movie news. Um, someone died this week, of course, for James. Mm-hmm. He's our uh, He's our black cloud here the grim reaper of movies <laughs> the grim ripper of real news and uh yeah box office numbers dvd releases out. yeah we'll all, all movie stuff you know we have lots of fun with movies I we're, hope a, you, we're a film podcast we, we are talk a about film films podcast. <laughs> hopefully you uh <laughs> and at some point we'll talk about what? our dicks just at random oh yeah. Yeah. well yeah we've talked about some dicks some dicks. my dick was discussed yep that's how we do it i mean that's how we do it you know and remember you're on the internet sir so you can say whatever you want it's no, no broadcast standard here. Yeah, none. <laughs> no one's going to Oh, there are, there are no standards. There are no and if standards. there are, we don't like to talk about them. <laughs> no standards. Uh, so, hey, you know what's crazy? We have, like, fan mail this week. <gasps> what? Uh, a few, guys. A few. Fan mail! 
Uh, just so you know, we always stop too because we we interstitial stuff. So uh, if we stop talking and you're like, "Hey, what these guys stop talking? Isn't this a podcast?" That's why. <laughs> yeah. If you can, if you've never listened to our show, I won't blame you. None of this will make air. <laughs> um, what's really cool is um, every once in a while we are delighted with um, real celebrities who tweet us and or respond to questions we ask. Um, and this week we got a good one. Um, me and James have been proud um, supporters of Angel and Faith. And yeah. this week, James tweeted the writer of that, Christos Gage, and asked if they're going to make hardcover copies of the Angel and Faith books. I don't know if you've seen the Buffy ones for season eight. They're, they're gorgeous. Yeah. Basically, I just want to throw money at Christos Gage and Rebecca Isaacs. Yeah, like, because... Like, I don't need them. I own all the issues, but, but, no, but those books are just what, so What's really beautiful. cool about them, though, I don't know if... Uh, you like the Buffy ones are big, and yeah. I mean the the pages the are pages bigger, are oversized. The, it, it's really nice. They're not quite art size, um, you know, because actual comic book issues are drawn much larger yep. than the, than the page. Uh, they're not quite that big, but they're you know those sort of collector edition size. So uh, he was nice enough to say, "I think eventually there will be, just not sure when." Cool. So hopefully we'll get those soon because we love them, and I love her. <laughs> Isaacs is such a great artist. I can't wait to see what she does next. I, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Maybe Buffy. Maybe Buffy. That'd there isn't. Awesome. There's an empty slot on, on on in the Buffy seat. She could draw Buffy. There is. Uh, we also got an email from Steve Beset. Hopefully, I said that right, Steve. Beset. 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 I don't know. I'm guessing. I, I haven't. Yeah. B e s s e t t e. Sure. Beset. Cool. Beset. Steve B from Steve. Yeah. If, you're, if you're listening to this, Steve, you can email us and say we're idiots because yeah. we don't know how to pronounce it. Or anymore. email us and say, why are you saying my last name on yes. the internet? Or so you can often. use our amazing voicemail system and actually pronounce your name for us, calling 720 Oh, yeah, yeah, call us. <laughs> that works too. Yeah, you can call us. Um, we did get a phone call from Jason Statham. I don't know if you heard it last week or a couple of weeks ago. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I love it when he calls. I know. He's such a cool guy. Mm-hmm. He, oh, he's always asking about wires, though. It's really weird. <laughs> um, he says, what up, nerds? Obviously, I have only seen about one-tenth of the movie in quick spurts while running Carnivore Zaz and picking oh, up- Oh, it's Steve! Yeah. Oh, cool. And picking up order cards at the Alamo Draft House. But I saw something interesting I wanted to ask you guys about. By the way, the carnivore pizza at the Alamo is so money, it's not even funny. Yeah, I ate one tonight. I'm going to eat another one tomorrow. Um, basically, with all the porn and boobies and, and dime this and porn and dime that and porn <laughs> and porn. The, uh, he's talking about Don John. Yeah. And it, uh, they call, you know, a 10 girls a dime. And, um, and we haven't explained yet. Uh, Steve is a waiter at the Alamo Draft House. He is. Um, so that's why he only sees snippets. This looks like a terrible date movie. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my guests were couples where were the guy was really enjoying it more than just JGL's douchey quips. I even had one guy literally crying from laughter while trying to order another beer. Awesome. Well, he'd probably had too many beers. <laughs> <laughs> and the lady was sunken into her chair, arms crossed, totally not digging the, <laughs> the maraud of boobs and pornification on screen. <laughs> Um, now Ryan brought his lady, um, Steve, I'm married, so she has to come with me no matter what. Um, (laughs) I wanted to know if James and Brad would have brought a lady to the movie and if the viewing would have been different had Ryan and Lori. Oh, that's so cute. My wife's name is Laura, Laura, but on the show when she's around, I always call her Lori because it's like my 
nickname for her. Yeah. So we know he listens to the show. Yeah. yeah thanks, Steve. That's adorable. Um, gone to the show as a date without James or Brad hanging on like lonely roommates who don't have ladies. You did. <laughs> you are no longer my favorite, Steve. Um, good for dates or no? Um, you know, my wife really wanted to see this yeah, movie. Yeah, to be fair, she was going to be pissed enough if, if yeah, we went without her. If I did not take, I, I mean, what do you guys think? I don't, I don't, I think it's a date movie. I don't think it's, um, it's a date movie if you're cool seeing a movie that is smart and interesting with a, with a date. It's a movie you have to be paying attention to. And yeah, if, if she's going to be turned off by there being a whole lot of porn. There's really not um, that much porn in it. Just there's, a, there's enough porn that there's probably, really? yeah, I mean, there's a lot of porn. It's not um, that bad. You're some, yeah, it's like, you, it's like quick clips, though. Yeah, but it's a lot of porn for a not porn movie. You know what? You should watch more porn, James. <laughs> maybe, then maybe you wouldn't think the Game of Thrones was out of line and stuff. And uh, the, I, that's not why I think the Game of Thrones is out of line. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think you could. Um, if it were like a first date, probably not the best idea. Why? Because you have no idea how that person's going to react to it. Um, you know, in the same way that I wouldn't, I, I don't think that like uh, the prisoners would be a great first date movie. See, I I, I disagree. Um, I think if you ever have, of course, a, then there's something to talk about at least. Yeah, but. if you, if you ever have a movie and you're going on a date, I mean, always offer it up. I don't think it's, uh, to me, I don't think um, to answer your question, I don't think the porn is really that big of a deal in the movie. Um, there is some parts in it, um, but I don't think it defines what the movie is. And uh, you're at a disadvantage, Steve, because you're going in and out. So there could be times when, I mean, at the beginning, it's like flash, 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 flash. And it's kind of a, a take on how the media is, you know, infiltrating you with tons of... Sort of teaching you teaching, to be yeah. super sexist. Because there's a great and... scene where there's um, John and John, Tony Danza and uh, JGL are sitting at the kitchen table and that chick is eating a Carl's Jr. burger. Yeah, it's a, basically and, your standard Carl's Jr. Commercial. Yeah, and it's just like basically porn and it's just, it's a... It's a take on it. Yeah, and the guys are just staring at it, and the ladies are like, what the fuck is wrong <laughs> yeah. with you? Like, uh, Brad, would you take a girl to see Don John? It just depends on, like, how well you know the girl. Like, if you were, like, yeah. if, it was, if that date, like, you were just, find, like, getting to know her on that date, like, that was your first introduction, probably not. But if, like, it's, you know, a person you've known for a little while or something, you're going on your first date, like, yeah, maybe. Really? I it, don't think it's that big of a deal. It just depends on the girl. A, like, really? It yeah. could be a good litmus test, though. I mean, if she could survive with you through that <laughs> first date, that's, yeah. Yeah. there's a keeper. So, yeah, no, absolutely. But I, I do think like, if you wanted to, and some of this has to do with how I feel about that movie, but if you wanted to have a fun night and have a, a enjoyable experience getting to know somebody um, and like make a fun memory, it, I don't know that it's that movie. Um, but I'm, I'm you can't, you can't I, really I don't know. can't really make a memory without a little little risk. No, I think that's yeah. true. Be risk. Yeah, if you, have you, you seen the movie? Out of there there and, uh, yeah. Would you take a girl to see it? I would. Yeah. I, yeah, I would. I don't think I don't think it's an issue. I mean, maybe it's yeah, just because I, I've not, been married for so long. I don't. I'm know. not saying it's a drop dead fucking no. Do not do that. Uh, I'm just saying like it, I can see why somebody wouldn't. I think uh, it would have. I think she would have to be intelligent. And yeah, understand that right. it's not like uh, the the intent of the film isn't to glorify porn or anything like that. It's <laughs> and if let's let's say she is a chick flick addicted woman who really just likes having you around so that you do stuff for. Yes, yeah, she's not gonna like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> she's if gonna she's, walk if out she's of like Scarlett Johansson's character in that movie. Yeah, if she not. is exactly like Scarlett Johansson, I would then, say that um, couple in that email though is probably not headed for. Fun times ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, he's an alcoholic, and she's not paying attention to the movie. So, um, yeah, that's definitely not going <laughs> to work out. Uh, this is so funny. He has a, a little last paragraph here. Also, the only guy my girlfriend said she'd ever leave me for would be JGL. Fair. 
So yeah. should I bring her to see this as to put a bad taste in her mouth? <laughs> no, no. Or will it backfire since JGL is probably really good at putting taste in things in ladies' mouths? <laughs> this is this your is Alamo not friend, a, Steve. It's th- thank that would be thanks, Steve. That's awesome. That would be a badge of honor to be Eskimo brothers with JGL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, okay, okay. nice, nice Eskimo. You high five your girl really afterward, and like nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I don't think I. You know, the thing is, is um, his character in that. I don't think it'll make people not like him less no, because he's actually really he's not a bad character. And you know, that's why I think I said it on last week's podcast that it really should be called Don John's Addiction. Yes, because it's dealing with a different kind of addiction that you're not used to seeing. You know, everyone's done the alcohol or the drugs, but you've never seen someone addicted to something like that where it actually affects his character. And then. Um, you know, I, I'm, my favorite scene in that whole movie is still the mop scene when they're in the um, in, in the store and he's going to get a Swiffer. Yeah. And uh, she blows him off because it, it's interesting, the parallels where, you yeah. know, is his porn really that bad or is her idealized version of romance a lot worse is yeah. a great question to ask people. I agree. That is, that is not a movie where you don't like JGL. No, actually, I think um, you kind of like him a lot after it because yeah. his character grows a lot in that movie. And even when he's douchey, like, there's these little you know snippets into who he really is that you you like um yeah he's he's just charming as hell when he's standing there in that in those clubs at the beginning talking about like putting quantifying ladies Mm -hmm. and you're just like this is gross you're fantastic like so yeah no don't take your girlfriend to see this movie she'll she'll just want that guy more so yeah he looks pretty good in it. He's working out all the time. Yeah. Remember, it's his body, his pad, his porn. All right, his ladies, his car, his car, his church, his, his church. church, his money, my porn, his my poor, my, my boys, bo- my boys. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing is, uh, Dan asked me if I could remember this, so hopefully I don't mess this up. Um, he said he really loved uh, Gravity's. Uh, Gravity has really some long, beautiful shots in it. Yeah. And he wanted to know if Alfonso Cuaron is, uh, does he have any more movies where he has shots like that? And would you recommend movies that have shots like that to him? Um, Doesn't Children of Men, like, the first 15 minutes is all a single shot? Yeah, it is. Well, yeah. But he, was, he said that. Like, he, he said he liked yeah, Children of Men. Yeah. As it was in Gravity, the first 15 minutes was yeah. one tracking shot. <laughs> the if, the if, majority of this movie is... Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, if he's looking for... Um, he should check out a movie called The Player uh, by Robert Altman. Uh, that's right. That's that's got a a really really interesting. I think it was fifteen minutes, fifteen minute opening shot that tracks through a uh, movie studio. A lot of a lot of coordination had to go on for that one. Um, the other really obvious ones are Boogie Nights uh, and Magnolia, especially Boogie Nights though. Um, the the whole opening shot from Boogie Nights is, I mean, people talked about that for years. Um, I, think, I think that movie Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage, the beginning of that. Really, I haven't seen I don't that remember forever at all. Man. I think that was the big drop that's, of that one. That and is everything a, else. That's that a deep sucked. cut. Does I, <laughs> you're you're a Harry Potter guy? Mm-hmm. Um, does Azkaban have that at all? Does he even uh, get the chance to do that? I don't think so. Um, I, I, Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite Harry Potter movie. Yeah, uh, really? it's coherent. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I, I I love Deathly Hollows Part Two as well. Um, what? Yeah, I know. Thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> but is he is he being serious? Or is he yeah, like, no, no, no. It was his favorite movie that year. 
Um, wow. It's okay. I really but, like Prometheus. So um, I, I like Prometheus. Um, <laughs> but I'll do a spoiler, too, for what we've been watching. I watched a movie called Tamara this week. And uh, Jeffrey Reddick, um, who we'll see tomorrow at Mile High Horror, um, wrote that movie. And there, I'm not even joking. There is it's an independent horror movie. There is a 15-minute tracking shot in that movie. Wow. Where uh, I'll talk about it later. Um, uh, that Elizabeth Olsen movie. Speaking yeah, of horror. House, yeah. um, was it Safe House? Is that what that mm-hmm. it's called? Okay. Um, yeah, Silent where that, House. Silent House. Silent House. That's what it's Safe called. House was the Denzel Washington one. Safe House is a Disney movie. Starring uh, the <laughs> girl who does the voice for Leela on Futurama. Katie Sabo. Um, yeah. I think there's also a safe house starring Patrick Stewart. Um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, Silent House, yeah, it's, it's literally an hour and a half of one shot, so. Maybe two. Well, I mean, you can see where it's cutting. They, yeah, they, they might have faked one shot, but. Well, there's parts where, like, the camera, like, zooms in really close and it cuts and it goes away. Oh. So, I mean, if you're like me and have seen film a bunch, you know where they're cutting it. But it it plays like one shot, so it's pretty cool. But honestly, I don't know that there are any, there's there's really anything else. Or, you know what? Children of Men. Uh, Halloween, the very first shot, uh, a steady cam of Michael Myers going in the house. All the steady shots in Halloween are fantastic. Yeah. Partially because that was the first time when like a big movie like that could use they they had just invented that steady cam that like attaches around your waist so that's why he uses it like crazy in that movie, um, but I honestly I don't think there's anything else like Children of Men um, as yeah. far as like really dynamic long action sequences you know things like um, the way that he builds the car the, the way he built the cars for that movie so that the camera could move inside the car so that as the camera would move actors would would actually get pulled out of the car and then pulled back into the car to make room for the camera. Shit like that is insane. There's a great like, behind the scenes featurette about about that car. Yeah. That car rig. It's fantastic how they did it. Yeah. I um, remember at uh, the world's end, he's fighting a bunch of <laughs> aliens and it's one long shot. Oh, that's uh, right. Zooming in and out. I'm sure there's there's cuts in it, but it plays yeah. as one long shot. The yeah. uh, new uh, Total Recall had that that's oh, high yeah. speed camera. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So hopefully that was, we a answered your question, Dan. <laughs> uh, so now you have a lot of movies to check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Thanks. the truth is, I don't think there's anybody like Alfonso Cuaron. No, 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 no. Yeah. He, he's very visionary. <laughs> Which sucks because it took him seven years to make another movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this movie was supposed to come out in a year, year, year and a half ago. ago yeah. yeah. But definitely really was supposed to be 2012. But anyways, thanks guys. Everybody wrote in. Did you get a tweet? Did I get a tweet? About Robert Downey Jr.? Oh, that's right. I did get a tweet. Uh, So I'm doing this new thing where every day I'm reposting this for Robert Downey Jr. to please come on my show. Even though Robert Downey Jr. does not have a Twitter. No, but I'm putting... So we can't... No, no, I'm just saying, like, we can't reach out to him directly. So it's got to be, like... Just so I'm, keep going. I know I'm hashtagging Iron Man and all this stuff in it. Just <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. I'm just hoping that one person catches it. You know, um, that's my goal in life. Um, our friend Natalie tweeted. Um, she well, what, I, there's another one in here. It wasn't Natalie. She retweeted it for me though. So thanks, Natalie. Oh, it's an Amish baby machine. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it's actually a great thing. Uh, thanks for reminding me. Uh, he said he doesn't like nerds. Didn't you see Weird Science? <laughs> um, and if anybody's seen Weird Science, Robert Downey Jr. is the bully in that movie, and yeah. he beats up the nerds. Uh, so, thanks. I'm going to guess that the Amish baby machine is a lady. I don't know. Now I don't know. Let me look. I guess it could be like a like an Amish dude who's just making babies. 
Well, I don't, I don't know, know if the Amish use Twitter, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's supposed to be humorous. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's a comedy pop culture podca- podcast. Oh, cool. So, um, thank you, really? Amish Baby Machine, for tweeting us. And hopefully, Robert Downey Jr. has a publicist who's going to find it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to do it every day. We have no idea if this is going to work Who has at all. a cousin? Who has yeah. a, mm-hmm. a best I mean, friend? Th- th- it's, there's worse things, right? Yeah, I mean, all I do is copy and paste it every day. Yeah, what, what else? Am I what do? we need to do is one of us needs to get cancer or leukemia, and then you know, reach out to like yeah, or, Brad, or make Brad, a Brad, I think you just volunteered yourself to get cancer yeah. or leukemia. Make well, you know, I can foundation. call uh, our friend Brandon. He works with cancer in Copenhagen. Maybe he can ship us some over. Yeah, and I'll just inject some, it into Brad. Yeah. Send us some cancer. <laughs> we'll each inject ourselves with cancer, see who takes it. And I think we just wrote yeah. a pod show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's a horrible episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be. Buried deep, deep on the blue. <laughs> That'll be the one that never aired. <laughs> so the truth is, we also got a lot of love on uh, on Facebook this week because of we an did. awesome picture that uh, Sir Bradley over there posted of uh, a forthcoming Blu-ray version of all those pod shows we've been making, yeah. which looks so fucking badass. <laughs> oh my god, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, can't wait to record the commentary got a lot for of it. Features, yeah, yeah. You promised a lot of special features on there. We have to make now. No, most of them are already made. <laughs> most of them are already made. Actually, uh, yeah, I know. I have a, I have an idea. I hope Brad's down with it tomorrow at the horror fest. I want to film our interview with Tiersten oh, and dude. make it uh, a special feature too. Yeah, cool. I and mean, then, I say it's cool. You were asking for Brad's permission. Oh, no, Brad already I'll said he's going to do it. So, oh, good. Yeah. And if he doesn't, I don't give a shit. I'm going to steal his <laughs> camera and start filming. Yeah, I got a phone. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. Thanks, guys. And now it's stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Uh, great week for me. Great week. Um, just, uh, <laughs> I, I watched Robin Hood, the Disney one. Oh, okay. um, I love that movie. It's really cute. Um, the, the theme song gets stuck in my head. And for all you listening at home, I'm going to get stuck in your head. No, no, no. All right. Uh, you know what's great about Blu-rays? Yeah, I keep on going, Ben. You know it. You can go it while I'm talking about the movie. Um, <laughs> is it cleans up things so well. Even like uh, movies where I thought were kind of harsh during uh, when you watch them on video cassette. And now you watch them on Blu-ray. It's stunning how great they look. Um, and, you know, to answer your question, James, they didn't actually um, use the same characters and shots. What they did to save money is in the dancing scene for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, they just traced over it with the characters when they were dancing. Okay. To, I, to cut production costs. I know. I remember you saying I that. I knew I didn't know the story exactly, but I, but I knew that there was like... Um, there was a period of time where Disney was because they were trying to turn out so many of those mm-hmm. movies because they were just making bank, um, where they were you know doing stuff like that. Um, I've seen that clip. I thought it was the Jungle Book and Robin Hood. Yeah. No, it's uh, I, I looked it up on IMDb and stuff. Cool. Uh, Whatever. Yeah, well, you don't believe I don't, me? I you st- look at that motherfucker. I don't. I don't believe him yet either. But no. um, you know what's the only bummer about the Blu-rays? I, I went through the whole thing. They don't have like a making of it or anything. Well, and they don't have. I mean, they. It's the bummer is because these second tier Disney movies that I put in quotes is sometimes they don't treat them like they did. I mean, I got the Little Mermaid this week too that I haven't watched. Yeah, and I mean they don't treat them with like the prestige of that. I understand why, but yeah, I, I think I, I want to say Robin Hood is a pretty well loved Disney movie though. Oh, for sure. Every every kid my age watched it about twice a year in school because it was the only like <laughs> v, VHS that we had. Um, and when the teacher didn't want to teach, they put in Robin Hood. 
But you know the scene where uh, the kids go into Maid Marian's court where they're playing badminton is really cute. Yeah, that where, movie's good. Um, she says, uh, "You know, I'm going to kiss you now." He's like, "I'm not into that sissy stuff," and it, it's just really cute. <laughs> um, so you should pick it up on Blu-ray. It's it looks really good. I, I love watching those movies, stuff like The Rescuers and stuff that I haven't seen forever. Oh man! When you watch them on Blu-ray, it, the lines are all cleared cleared up, and Disney always does a really good job on cleaning up their pictures for Blu-ray. Um, cool. Uh, and a complete 180 of that, I I continued watching uh, Friday the 13th on um, Blu-ray. Um, I re-watched part four. I actually went back and watched part two, and I started from part two, and I watched all the way to part eight. Shit. Um, yeah, you know, part two looks really good on Blu-ray, like really good. Um, part three does not. Um, I don't know if it's because it was shot in 3D. When, um, um, when does part three, when did part three come out? 83. Mm-hmm. In the in the in the like early to mid eighties, they weren't using very good film, um, and so when they go back and it was one of those things that came out back when they started doing Blu rays that um, converting movies from that period, people really kind of didn't care about because they were actually just shot so poorly mm-hmm. um, that you were never really going to be able to draw a great image out of that film. And what was crazy about watching it on um, Blu ray in three uh, part three is it had lots of dust on the lens because. Mm-hmm. There's two lenses, and mm-hmm. so there you could see lots of imperfections on it. Mm-hmm. Some parts looked really good. Um, the night stuff looked amazing. Um, but, yeah, part three, the, there's lots of uh, color wash on it, and it was really grainy. Mm-hmm. Um, part four looks really good. Um, part five is a horrible Friday 13th movie anyways. And so even when you upconvert it, it still doesn't look that good. Because the director is incompetent, um, and so is the deep, and so is the DP. So, is that the one that's directed by the porn guys? Yeah, yeah, right. Because it's basically like the most boring shot you can. Brad, you've seen it. It's like the most boring shot you can have of suspense and like stalking and killing, and it's just horrible. Um, you know, I, I've always said this about that movie. It's gratuitous for even for a Friday the Thirteenth movie, and there are some people that defend that movie, and I don't understand why. It has a really high uh, body count, but the special effects aren't that impressive. The most impressive thing is there's a chick with really huge boobs that gets naked, um, but they tried to do like a mystery, like the first Friday the Thirteenth, and it just falls flat. And the Jason in it looks like Brad. No offense, Brad, but you're <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, like no one's really scared no, of Brad. No, is no, it? no, like if if Jason if. Brad was Jason. He's a skinny, like, he's a tall guy, but he's skinny. Yeah. And that's what Jason looked like. And to me, when I picture Jason, he's like a big, kind of muscular guy. And so the Jason looked off in that, and I don't know. <laughs> he was taken out by some chick with a chainsaw who could barely move the chainsaw. It's lame. Um, but the upside of that, my favorite Friday the 13th is part six. And this movie is stunning on Blu-ray because it's made by a really good director, uh, their DP's gone on to make other movies that are pretty spectacular. And the editor of it is one of Spielberg's personal assistant editors. Oh, wow. So um, it's crazy because part five is so poorly shot that I think that actually made part six stand out even more with the lighting and the performances and how they handled stuff. Cause it's actually kind of a comedy too. And it has uh, Bernie in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's part seven. Oh shit. Um, but it has, um, uh, <laughs> Who's the dude from Welcome Back, Cotter? His friend? Horshack? Yeah, Horshack. He gets his heart punched out in it. Um, it's great, though, because they do stuff like uh, he comes down, he's Jason's dead. Ron Polulo. Sorry. And uh, the director is a huge gothic horror fan. 
Hmm. So they said, you got to bring back Jason. I don't care how you bring him back. So he went the Frankenstein route where uh, the guy Tommy Jarvis jams like a steel pole through Jason over and over again, a wrought iron, and it gets struck by lightning and it brings him back to life. And, sure. And before that happens, like his friend's like, oh, I can't t- my heart can't take much more of this. And then like two minutes later, he gets his heart punched out. Um, it's a really cool movie. If you like Friday the 13th, it's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Um, part seven, again, uh, it's really cool. Jason, it looks really good. Um, the directing and it's horrible. Um, when you have uh, a character that stalks people and the point of view is always him, but then he comes into frame before he kills someone, there's like no suspense at all in the movie. It's just like, oh, this is how, sweet, how we can make people get killed really easily. And then Jason would randomly show up with like farming implements, like uh, a buzzsaw and uh, pitchfork. I don't even remember. Like, but he, I don't know where he's getting these weapons from, but he kept on just showing up randomly with them. Um, and part eight gets a lot of flack because it's Jason takes Manhattan, um, where he's really just on a cruise ship for like two thirds of the movie. What? Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't he be in Manhattan? Yeah, they didn't have enough money. Eventually. <laughs> um, but, oh, we've had this conversation before. But rewatching it, it's actually there's actually some really cool supernatural. If you um, if you watch it as it's not really Jason, it's a supernatural entity. It's actually pretty suspenseful. And I, there's this one shot that I actually absolutely love in this movie. Um, this girl is taking a shower, obviously, and she gets out and she's she hears something in her room and she creaks the door open a little bit and it's like Jason looking around. And I love those moments where you see Jason not stalking and killing like where a character gets a gets the drop on Jason exactly yeah. like and it's and she's scared and she closes the door really quietly but it's just a, a cool shot because he's not doing anything he's just looking around um he has some great kills in it i love he kills Kelly Hugh who went on to do lots of things where Ooh. he strangles her and throws her against the floor is really cool um and he punches some dude's head off with one punch <laughs> um but yeah, I mean it's it's better than it's better than I think people give it credit for. It's not like the best one, but it's interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm still not really excited to watch Jason Goes to Hell. It's my second least favorite one. <laughs> um, yep. And I watched Tamra. Um, Tamra is a movie written by Jeffrey Reddick, um, who's been on the show. You can listen to his interview on realnerdspodcast.com. Or you can go to iTunes and download it. Just search for Jeffrey Reddick. Um, and I wanted to watch it before I interviewed him again because I remember last year at the Horror Fest, he said that the um, the studio really neutered his movie. And the movie is about this girl who studies witchcraft. who's kind of like the nerd of the class. And she has a crush on her English teacher. And her English teacher says, oh... You know, you're so talented because she wrote an article about students using steroids to be better athletes. And so all the jocks hate her. And so they go to play a prank on her and she ends up dying during this prank. But then she comes back to life as like a vengeful witch bitch spirit and she starts killing them. So it's pretty cool. The acting in it's not very good. Um, And I do want to talk to Jeffrey because you can see where they're kind of pulling punches in it and they weren't making it like that extreme. So it's it's on uh it's on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it. It's good. Um some of the parts are really cool and it has a 15 minute tracking shot where uh Tamara goes to this party and the camera follows her to this one guy and it follows her to another guy and then the camera follows the guy walking bringing beers to another girl to another girl then it comes back to them dancing. It's a really cool shot. Um I'd like to see if they had more money. Hmm. And I'd like to see what uh Mr. Reddick says about his original vision for the movie, which I'll get into tomorrow. And sorry, that's what I watched this week. I'm so excited to talk to him again. Yeah, he's, he's a cool so guy. Cool. He hugged me today. 
He hugged me twice. I know. He's like, hey, man, how's it going? Like the nicest, most unassuming guy in the world. Who knew he was such a, a horror f- guy? Because he doesn't seem like one. Yeah. No, exactly. You meet him and you're just like, oh, this guy's so, you know, laid back and normal. <laughs> yeah, and Normal. Then he writes movies that are just like, hey, let me watch some people just get destroyed horribly. Yeah. And so it'll be really interesting to talk to him again. He's yeah. always been really nice. I've ran into, we've ran into him a couple other conventions. Yeah. He's at Starfest. Yeah, he's at Starfest. Nice guy. Mm-hmm. We like him. Ben, did you watch anything interesting this week? The last thing I watched before tonight was The Family. Oh, none of us have seen The Family. Tell us about The Family. Uh, the Family, it's good. Um, really? Yeah. You know, I went into, uh, you know, you see the trailer and you think, oh, this is going to be comedy, which is kind of what I was hoping for. And mm-hmm. I thought that would be an interesting take on the genre with with uh, <clears throat> with De Niro and Pfeiffer and... Uh, and uh, what's her face from Glee? Um, sure. <laughs> I thought it, I thought it would be a pretty interesting, just you know, comedy taking the situations to its you know ultimate comedic, uh, you know, that end of the spectrum. But it was actually a lot more of a darker comedy than it um, is portrayed in those trailers. Um, it's not as clever as a lot of dark comedies are. I think it's just kind of lowest common denominator very basic humor um cliche but i think it was it was fun it was i mean it was good watching robert downey jr and or not robert downey jr uh, he's always fun to watch thank you uh de niro yeah i mean it was fun it was a fun fun movie it wasn't what i expected so do you think they purposely made the trailer that way so people would go see it yes i think so misleading they did the same thing with don john honestly oh yeah yeah Don John is not. That's interesting because I saw that trailer and it looked so bland to me. I didn't want to see the movie. Yeah. Um, Where if it, if it really were sold as a black comedy, I think I would probably want to see it more. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there was enough moments though for a trailer. Oh. Oh, I get what you're saying. You yeah. know, like yeah. I think they had to pull the oh, this is going to be a comedy with the the cute blonde American chick beating up the bullies, and you know, I think they had to play that card to get people to come gotcha hmm. wasn't what i expected it was still good cool i'm glad i saw it maybe, maybe rent it sweet hopefully it'll be streaming before the end of the year yeah Check probably not probably yeah, not. we're getting yeah. close it's really close Man, we need some movies to come out <laughs> is that it um i i recently saw world's end but that was mm. maybe a couple weeks ago did you like it oh i loved it yeah Second favorite, I would say. Of the year? No, of... Oh, of the... the of the Cornetto trilogy. I know, they're releasing an ultimate edition of that. I, I think... Oh, like, and I don't own the Blu-rays, all <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, close... I, Hot Fuzz is actually my favorite. Wow. Oh, cool. And then I would say Shaun of the Dead and World's End are a tie, like a virtual lock. Yeah. And I saw one other thing recently. Oh, I... Because Into Darkness came out, so I got that and watch that how do you feel about into darkness oh i love it are you a star trek fan oh i love it i'm a trekkie originally okay like i i my favorite is actually uh enterprise what yeah we can't talk john archer is like the shit no you and i can't be friends anymore <laughs> i'm not okay with that <laughs> really explain to me why you like john archer so much because he's like the ultimate explorer of that franchise yeah like it was at that point no knowledge 
Yeah. And he was the one. I mean, yeah, you could argue that he was just the right time at the right right place at the yeah. right time. But it still, don't get me wrong, Picard is like yeah. the shit. <laughs> I can, I can Enterprise, see what... <clears throat> yeah, Enterprise is my favorite series. I can see what you're saying. I guess the, tr- the truth is, now that I look at it, I mean, it's been a long time since Enterprise was the thing that I was watching. Um, but the truth is, my problems with that show were not the cast of that show. Oh, my problems were what they do. Totally what, the, the stories the, that they, they were telling. They were terrible yeah. rerun stories. Yeah. Retread stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and the, their season-long arcs were just... And they, they like, uh, they overplayed the sexuality of T'Pol. Oh, God, It was just worst. so blatant and over the... T- <laughs> oh, it was just like, sounds like the kind of Star Trek I can get on board with. <laughs> there was literally, like, no in order to, to get it. rid it was, of some was, stress, like, she gets naked and rubs a dude's shoulders. Wait, and she's that, naked like, on regularly. a syndicated show? There's, like, side boob, yeah. Sweet. I'm seeing Enterprise. It's tonight. not good. <laughs> it's really dumb. Um, yeah, wow. So couple that, my love of Star Trek to begin with, and... The yeah. fact that it's J.J. Abrams who yeah. can do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> so spoilers for Into Darkness, because I have to ask this question. You were totally okay with Khan all the way through? Yeah. Like, did it ever bother you? No, not once. Wow. Cool. Cumberback is Cumberbatch, whatever. Yeah. Is <laughs> He's good. Pro. Uh, I think I talked about it last week that I, I just recently rewatched it. Um, I, did, I don't own it. I still don't own it. I'm not going to break that rule, but... Um, there's a rule? Uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, blue... Oh, sorry, you bought us again. <laughs> uh, is, it, is it like four weeks in sequels a you don't buy because you know there'll be a combo No, 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 it's like only that. for this movie. Paramount took the special features for the Blu-ray oh, yeah, and yeah, passed yeah, them yeah. out. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah see, he's, he's equally... He's dismissive, so we can I, move on. Yeah. Um, it's okay. I understand uh, your point of view, though. Yeah, but the uh, I, I rewatched it, and the only thing that I was holding out on was that... That scene when Spock yells Khan, I was just like, oh, this is corny as shit. Um, first two times I saw it, that's how I felt. And then this time I rewatched it and I was like, no, it's pretty badass. It's Because it's yeah. a moment when Spock breaks. Like, And I don't necessarily like the way they do it because they are calling back to that thing. But when I break it off from all that canon and all of my ideas about mm-hmm. Star Trek, like this badass moment where Spock is just pissed, it's cool. It's really it cool. And... Um, on the, on one of the special features of that Blu-ray that I watched when I borrowed it, um, they, uh, there was this really great line where JJ says, "You know, if something is good, that pretty much trumps everything." Yeah, and I, I realized like that's okay. Yeah, because he was explaining why they did Con again, and I was like, "Yeah, you had a really good story, and you know, it it really doesn't matter that it is playing with this canon and that you're retreading ground. Like it was really cool." Well, they had to, and I, I would say the only thing. The only thing that I had a problem with was, and it's not the that they just kind of glossed over the whole cure-all potion of blood <laughs> that apparently... Yeah, yeah we, yeah, we fixed death. Don't worry about death anymore. Death is now solved. But my only problem was turning the space, the Final Frontier speech into, into the... the yeah, that was so dumb. It doesn't. It doesn't work. <clears throat> it doesn't. Like you're like, what are it's you so talking specific. about? Why is the Why <clears throat> is the me, captain's code a yeah. five year mission? That's, what the fuck does that it mean? Was so, yeah, random and it didn't fit. Yeah, and it took me out of the story. And I, I know it's at the very end, but it like took me out. Yeah. for just that long. Yeah, because the first yeah. one, when they do it at the end of the first one, it's so cool. Oh yeah, and Leonard Nimoy comes With over Leonard the top, Nimoy. and you're like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, but this, yeah, that one, it's it's ham fisted. Yep. Yeah, my favorite part is when Alice Eve gets naked. That's the most pointless part of the movie. <laughs> 
Even so, I, so easy with this. Even time. when I rewatched it, I was just like, "What the fuck is this in here for?" Because it's hot. Uh, no, so boob, it can be in the trailer. Boob, boob, it's boob, only boob. there so it can be in the trailer. Like it's boob, so boob, blatant. Boob, boob. Yeah. Can't wait to watch Enterprise. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> I've only seen <laughs> thanks for six star, five Star Treks. Thanks for letting me rile Two, myself up. Four, and six, and the new ones. Yeah, see number three. Starts with Spock. Mm-hmm. It's the only one that could really compare to. Rathicon. I think oh, this guy no. needs to see First Contact more than anything because it's a zombie movie. I think, I think, yeah. I think six is better than three, for sure. Final Frontier, um, Undiscovered Country, the one where they're on the planet when they're on the um, the Shakespeare the, one. Yeah, the Shakespeare one with the uh, with the prison planet, the Klingon one. Repenting. Oh yeah, 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 the, the, yeah, it's a murder mystery in yep. space. Like yep. it's so badass. Yep. Anyway, I actually like Nemesis. To be honest with you. Oh, we can't be friends, Ben. <laughs> oh my god. I'm not saying it's top three or anything like that. I'm just <laughs> saying I like Nemesis. Oh. It's it's a young Tom Hardy. That part's cool. it is. James, what'd you watch? I really didn't watch anything. Every time that I ever like when I was coming home from work every day, I was just like, I just want to go home and rewatch more Hannibal. Um so I finished the first season of Hannibal again this week. Um and I like the first time I watched it, I was watching it with uh you know, like I'd get distracted every now and then or whatever, but this time I was only paying attention to that show. Uh, I don't want to get hyperbolic, but this might be my new favorite show on television. Are you um, are you pumped for the new? That's season? extremely hyperbolic. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, well, I mean, we're talking about like comparing that to Justified, and I, yeah, I I might like this show more. Um, can't believe I haven't even watched the Briscoe County Junior you took for me. Uh, I started. I've I've watched some of it, um, but I haven't gotten through <laughs> enough of it. Um, it's not an easy watch for me. <laughs> um, fun, but anyway. Um, but yeah, that show is is just fucking brilliant. Uh, I, I, you know, I've never actually really sat down and watched that, but from what I can understand from the pre- promos for this upcoming season, Hannibal is like going to start being Hannibal. Hannibal, um, okay, I can't. I can't say too much, but Hannibal is very much Hannibal in this season. Okay. Um, it's it's more that, and this is one of the things that's so cool, especially about the early part of the season, is that you know Hannibal is doing stuff, and they don't have to tell you. Hannibal just Hannibal is like this force, you know, that is very much in the show, but as a evil cannibal, he's like in the distance, <laughs> and you just know he's moving, and they don't even tell you he is, you know, like in one of the special features, Brian. Brian Fuller straight out says one of the things that Hannibal did, and it was weird to me to have someone say that, like, because I was like, well, yeah, but in the show you never said it. You just showed us a scene with Hannibal, and then you skipped to this thing, and we just had to put it together, and it was so smart, um, man. And, and David Slade, uh, David Slade's executive producing and and directing some of the episodes, it, it, he is so cool, and um, they got this really inventive guy to do the music, and he uses as a little bit of spoilers here, but as Will goes crazier throughout the season, um, he uses this thing. Do, do you remember Crocodile Dundee when he's standing up on the thing? And he's he's yeah, yeah, yeah that that thing That's that you spin. Um, apparently, it's like the oldest instrument in the world, um, or one of the oldest instruments in the world. And if you get it on Blu-ray, you never could hear this on TV. But if you get it on Blu-ray, they did like a 7.1 mix of that, where that sound spins around you in your home theater system 
to to like give you this sense that when when that sound happens and there there are very specific moments when they do it to give you the sense that the whole world is spinning around Will. It is so cool. The um, DVD cover art is not very good. The DVD cover art, yeah, no. The all all the promotion for the show to begin with was not very good. Um the Brad, promotion you for something better than that, right? <laughs> Even the, uh, for those at home who can't see the DVD cover, it is Hannibal's face, but his eyes are cut off, and he's holding a napkin to his mouth like he just ate somebody. Well, and the and the uh, the, the font for the title the is not the actual yeah. font for yeah. the show, like, and it's not very good. Like they just squeeze the ends together, but um, they look like knives, though. Great intro too. I re- the intro is really chilling. Um, not the most creative visually, but the noise. Not this better music. be good, James. I'm gonna be so pissed at you. I don't fucking care. It's great. 560 for me, so. minutes. I have to watch this fucking show. You don't have to. Just the first one. You'll be hooked. <laughs> anyway, that's all I watched this week. Brad. Oh gosh, I watched so many things. Um, what do you want to talk about? I watched season 16 of South Park, Comic Book Men, season two. Um, I watched The Office. Some of The Office season nine. I watched Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes. Um. I, I think the only thing we're talking about. <laughs> what? I'm I'm just saying. I, I yeah, I I watched a bunch of stuff too, but yeah, just I'll repeat stuff. But I was gonna say probably the only thing I think we're talking about is the series finale of Breaking Bad. Oh fuck! <laughs> I okay. I forgot two things. Um, Walter White makes it right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, I, watched, I watched the Colbert Report the next here's, day. Here's the thing. I don't know that there's really anything to talk about uh, other than like I don't know that we could that it's worth talking about to spoil what happens, I think it was really solid. I think it was really solid. I think yeah. it, was a, it was a good ending. Um, yeah, it's actually left me all week just being like, like a withdrawal, you know? Oh, yeah? I mean, it's it's so tragic. <laughs> See, I, just, I... I just keep thinking, like, like, to Walter White's mindset of, like, you know, he... And I was actually surprised, like, they kind of found a way to bring a little bit of humanity back to him. Ben, do you watch yeah. Breaking Bad? Uh, you know, I saw a couple episodes here and there, and I really enjoyed them. I just never got into it never for some reason. So, I spoil, spoil away. Sweet. Um. <laughs> like I said, you can spoil away. I watched the interview with Stephen Colbert and Gilligan, who's the showrunner? Vince uh, Gilligan. Vince Gilligan, yeah. yeah. Well, and again, I, I really don't think, uh, like, Eileen was sucking on... Uh, uh, friend of the show, Eileen Augusta, uh, she was talking on Facebook about how like she didn't want to see spoilers, and I told her I was like, you know, here's the thing: the the things that someone could say, like the one-liners that somebody could say to spoil the end of the show, are not enough to spoil the show. Um, there are things that you probably would have guessed by seeing the first episode of the show that okay, e- either this was or wasn't going to happen, so it's not that big of a surprise. But mm. um, honestly, though, like when it was said and all said and done, I look at that show and I think, yeah, this is brilliant television and i want to watch it again i want to own the blu-rays and and i i think it's a an amazing story that they told so cool but i don't know that i take anything away from it um really at the end of the day yeah like at the end of the day i I look back at that whole season that whole series and i think man it's a really great show and i care about these characters but i don't know that it's a story that i will carry with me and relate to and will become sort of an important story in my life the way that i really expect great television to um i took away it still haunts me that ending see i it's just like in the pantheon of great series finales do you put that in there of things i've watched oh absolutely oh yeah yeah. and also just think about the whole series like like looking back and obviously there's like a whole year where i haven't paid attention to it like 
in 2011, I watched all the way up to, you know, as much as I could. And then we had, like, almost a year off mm. before five. And then they split five into, you know, two years. So, like, just as much as I can remember looking back, like, there was never really, like, an episode that I would just throw away. Like, everything was, every episode was essential to that series. Absolutely. And uh, it's, it only takes place across, you know, uh, what in, in its own timeline, like a year and a half or mm-hmm. two years. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, because he turns to your, you know, birthday twice. Yeah. Um, but. And that's yep. also partially because of the way they play with time at the end of the show. Like, yeah, the, the bulk of the story is in about a year and a half. But yeah, it, it's, it's way up there for me. Like, I was just, it was one of those shows where I was like, oh, it's about, you know, drug dealing, whatever. But it's it's not about that. It's about watching like a good guy, like all the little things that add up to make him just cross the line and become a terrible person. And then mm-hmm. su- surprisingly, like I was expecting it at the end for him, like just to be like the worst human being. But they actually found a way to like make me sympathize with him again. Yeah, before the end, him a little bit. Yeah, like, oh yeah. I mean, he, there's no way he's like ever fully re- redeemed for all this sh- shit he's done. But it's still at the same time, I was like, I felt really bad when he died. Mm. <laughs> You know, and I was, what he died. <laughs> yeah, I. It's all yeah. over the place now. But it, and I, all, like the worst thing was like him watching his son who doesn't like wishes he was dead, mm-hmm. and having to like he knows he's gonna go off and die, and he can't like do anything to redeem himself in his eyes of his son. He just has to kind of die without on his conscience, and then the very end, just realizing like the only thing. He truly like them showing like his one true love is the meth mm-hmm. because he was good at it and uh, well, I, I it made him, made him feel alive like oh that was just like heartbreaking. One one of the things I was going for also is that maybe my favorite shot of the finale is the shot. At, well, it's the same shot twice, but there's the, it's the same shot for when he sees his daughter. When he when he's like standing over the crib and he reaches down and sort of pets her and then they do the same shot again when he's standing next to the big vat and he pets the big vat. Um, so I, I think it's a little unfair to say that like the only thing that he loved was meth. Like there is still this part of him that thinks that he was doing it for his family, even though he straight up says I didn't do it for my family. Yeah, um, yeah. I, that's the thing. It's it's a brilliant, well crafted show. Definitely one of the best shows of all time. Um, I'm just saying that it's all when it's all done. I I don't love it, like in my. I'm not soul. trying to convince you otherwise. I'm just no. Saying I know. I and it's it, it's I, gonna haunt me for. <laughs> yeah, it still haunts me thinking about like what his mindset was like the, for that last episode. Yeah, it was really creative, like the way he got his money back to his family though by tricking mm-hmm. the that thing gray with matter the, people. The thing with the lasers was great. Yeah, it's great. Great gag. Yeah, yeah. And did you know that? Do you know why those that couple is in the show again? Uh, there was this fan that was dying of cancer. Oh that, yeah, yeah, that died before the end of the show was was filmed. Um, and the kid that was like, got to talk to Vince Gilligan and, yeah. and the cast, and he had said like, "Hey, you should bring that couple back before the end of the show. Like, they should be involved in the end, and they weren't going to be, but they wrote it in, and I'm so glad they did because it's one of the best aspects of that of the ending. Um, it, it's interesting now looking at it." Vince Vince Gilligan went straight out and did the opposite of what the Lost Writers did, which is that he did a victory lap and went on all the shows and talked to people about the show and has told us things about writing the finale and alternate endings and things like that that I guess I wish I didn't know um, that really make it clear how much at the beginning of this season they really didn't know where they were going. (laughs) Um, The other really obnoxious thing, though, and how much I fucking hate the Internet is, so this show ends, 
and it ends, spoilers, with the exact same shot from the end of Lost, which means that everybody on the internet went onto Twitter and sent horrible, nasty shit to Damon Lindelof about how bad Lost was. I fucking kid you not. Like, people will not let it go. That they 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 see something that they really like and they have to go. They can't. Well, they didn't go the onto internet, Twitter and um, then talk about how much they loved the Vince Gilligan show to Vince Gilligan. They went onto Twitter and talked shit to Damon Lindelof about how much they hate him. I'm like, what the fuck is? What is the internet, the James? There? I mean, it's just a breeding ground for trolls. I know it's horrible. People suck. I've got the key in my pocket. <laughs> it's a Pat Oswalt thing. Pat Oswalt was, <laughs> was that everything, troll. Red? Yeah, that's it for, I mean, unless you want to talk about Mystery Science Theater and South Park and all that. But I no, guess right. you don't, yeah. I, I did also, um, I'm not going to talk about this for very long, but I forgot that um, last week, <coughs> Downton Abbey came back in uh, the UK. Oh, um, so I watched the pilot for or the first episode did of that. Did you get your tea? If you, no. if you really like Downton Abbey, but you were frustrated by how many hats they left on the ground last yeah. season, um, you should stick with the show because they found the correct way to come back. Oh, good. Oh, are you a Downton Abbey fan? Hell no. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> but I was losing a lot of sleep over that hat thing. <laughs> no, the, the hats on the ground is a metaphor, Ben. It's a metaphor. Hey, I got an English degree. <laughs> That's why I like English television. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there, there is James. A Brit it's, show it's, a, it's a good show. That I'm yeah. eagerly anticipating, though. Which one? 2014 Sherlock Season 3. Finally. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get a whole three episodes, and two of them will be okay, and one of them will be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Out of six episodes, two real good ones. But I love that show. I do. Can't go wrong with two really good and one great. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, Brad, put in some commercials here. Done. Thanks. My man spider sense is tingling. Hey, look, it's man spider. How's it going, true believers? When I'm swinging through Colorado and I need comic books, I head to Arvada, Colorado to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, the teal troll is attacking me. My son's in danger. Will no one help him? Oh no, it's man spider. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, the whips the competition with great deals on back issues. 50% off, hold slot, 20% off list price. You want sports memorabilia? They got that, too. Where are you going, Man Spider? The Teal Troll still has my son. Here's web in your eye. Oh, no, I'm bested by Man Spider again. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado, and tell them the real nerd sent you. For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoking taste on everything you eat, try a new Birdman Smokin' Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop Off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. Hey, guys. This is Box Office Numbers. Pew, pew, pow, pow. Pew, pew, pow. I don't know what that was. This is the Box Office Stats. 
Do you know what came in at number one this week, Ryan? Uh, you should tell me, James. No, I really want to know because I'm surprised by it, I guess. Uh, number one is Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. It is. With 32 million? 34. I am amazed that you know this shit so well. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, Still trap, baby. Still trap. <laughs> Uh, Don, Don John, which is what we saw at uh, eight point six, at uh, number five, uh, um, which I is understandable yeah. for that movie. Yeah, and like, that movie how much probably didn't cost that much to make. Yeah, and, right. Uh, the craziest thing to me, so Rush number three, the craziest thing, Prisoners at number two. What? I'm I'm really amazed that movie is holding on so well. That movie's I, tough to watch. They uh, I, they I think I've seen some little things where people have said like, oh man, it took such a hit on the second week. Um, but I'm amazed it's in second at it's in second place. Like that is not a movie that people are gonna go. Well, we talked about it when we reviewed it. That's not a movie that people are gonna go and tell their friends to go watch. I'll get it on Blu-ray. Six million. Don John cost six million, so it already made its money back mm-hmm. at number at fifth place. Wow. Uh, yeah, they they probably weren't gonna throw a lot of money at his directorial debut. Oh no no no. Um, and it's kind he, of his he own little got thing his friends too. Together, yeah. Uh, you know, I, wa- I read an interesting article just now, uh, this today, in Entertainment Weekly about him and his hit record yeah. uh, website and how they uh, got the movie of the man with a turnip face into Sundance. And it's really fascinating um, hmm. how they did it. I don't know if you know how his thing works is someone sub- submits something, a writer, and this was a poem and the poem was about a man with a turnip face. Then they had Gary Oldman read the poem. And they had people submit what they think the man with the turn-up face looks like. Then they, after that, they had animators animate him. And then they had people who wrote music write music for it. And then that's how they made the movie. Yeah, it's a it's a really awesome website where it like is you can all basically artists submit stuff, and then other artists can just you know without having to worry about rights or anything like that, they can just take whatever's on hit record and do sh- whatever they feel like to it um so they can remix audio or you know do all kinds yeah, of then cool it's stuff. like voted on um that one was voted on by the hit record people mm-hmm. and they chose like the best one and then they made the movie out of it. it's really interesting i, I mean I, I only went to the website today after i read about it yeah it's pretty he's been doing it for a while it's yeah a, it's 2006 yeah yeah guess it's a uh, blu-ray dvd time dvd releases and blu-rays this is a good week, though. Is it? Yeah, I'm excited. You know how earlier I was talking about how some more movies need to come out on, on Blu-ray for me to watch? Well, mm-hmm. this is one is of those mud weeks. Too? Fuck you. <laughs> um, Much Ado About Nothing comes out this week. Sweet. Joss Whedon. Uh, yeah. Am I absolutely. the one who saw it? Did you see that in theaters? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can remember. Yeah. It's really good. It if is. you like Shakespeare. It is awesome. And Joss Whedon's friends. And Clark Gregg. <laughs> and Clark Gregg. <laughs> I probably watch Agent of Shield. He's really good in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he is. The cover um, blows. Huh? What? The cover art blows. For Much Ado? Yeah. Oh, I like it. No. The guy with the snorkel and then the, the oh. font is much better. Yeah, but having seen the movie, that shot is not important. Like, it's a cool shot, but it's just not interesting to the movie. Um, yeah. or it doesn't Two people facing each other in blue lighting isn't that interesting either. I guess you're right. <laughs> but at least at least it's the main characters. Like... That that character is anyway. Um, Hangover Part Three comes out this year this week, which nice. I forgot was even this year. Um, <laughs> you didn't like it? You didn't like it, Ben? No. It, how did you like any of the other ones? Oh yeah, this, first, it, it, this, the it's one. the same movie. Well, the second one is the same movie. <laughs> the problem I think with the third one was if it wasn't called Hangover Part Three and it wasn't those specific characters, I think I would have really liked that story. Hmm. But it was just like go when. You, 
when I went to see Hangover Part 3, I expected a Hangover movie. Mm. And I didn't get it. It was too serious. The tonal shift was just too much for me, I think. Gotcha. So I think if they took that different story but kept the comedy aspect of it, I would have hmm. loved it. Interesting. Um, one of the movies I'm really looking forward to renting is After Earth. comes out this oh week. Gosh. I kid you not. Oh, that's right. I saw a commercial for it but, uh, during football today. Uh, the Purge. Was that little horror movie? Did you ever see that? No, I people, meant to, but yeah, people um, talked about it. Maybe it came out when we were seeing lots of other movies. Yeah, and it was really it's it's indie, so it sort of came and went pretty quick. Um, Still made sixty million dollars. Yeah, it had a huge weekend. Yeah, yeah, um, but I think there were other horror movies around it, so I I just feel like it, it its actual time in theaters seemed short. I could it be probably, wrong. But no, I think it made like forty million. It's thirty four million its first week, and then it was like. 10 million it's next week and then yeah. it kind of went away uh there's a little indie movie called europa report which is like a space movie yeah. the trailers look really cool uh, i'm I, uh, glad it's hitting blu-ray so quick because i want to check it out uh I, I liked magnet releasing on facebook and they they have a lot of little things for that movie it looks interesting yeah uh, there's a little indie movie called uh lifeguard starring Kristen bell that comes out this week mm-hmm. um i love her and her eyes <laughs> <laughs> no matter how crooked brad <laughs> says they are they're not but he thinks they are uh American Horror Story Asylum comes out this week. I didn't know it hadn't come out yet. It, it, mm. they, they must just wait on that one a lot. Yeah. Of course, you know, TV well, shows a lot of times they don't... I love the ads for The Coven. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know if I want to watch movie. it, but the the ads are awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, did you ever get a chance to see Asylum? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you had it on your uh, DVR. Uh, it is on my DVR. I just... I have so much shit I watch it. You know? Oh, no. I hear you. I hear you. It's on my, like... Uh, it's a good one, and I didn't even like the first season. Um, Brad was really mad at me because he said that like two e- weeks ago I didn't talk about The Dark Knight Returns and how there was this deluxe edition that mm-hmm. came out and all that. No, it comes out this week, and we are talking about it. Uh, so on It's significant it because there's no break in the movie. It's both parts all together. No, I understand talking about it, but it's it's on Digital Bits this week. So yeah. it, I, I didn't miss it two weeks ago. It's for this week. Well, it was in stores already, which means Best oh. Buy got an exclusive early release. So. Oh, okay. All right. It was sitting there See, teasing I'm me. I'm totally okay with that yeah. kind of a retailer I, I, incentive. I think, I think Best movie. Buy has some deal with Warner Brothers because all their steel books are Warner Brothers too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of, they have a Nightmare on Elm Street uh, steel book now and a Seven steel book. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that is pretty cool. Um, so if you didn't get a chance, if... Unlike Brad and I, you didn't already own that. You should pick that up. I was so um, close. I just bought the two parts like yeah. t- three or four months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was holding out. Was like, and then well, finally I'm glad I, went, I held out. I'm going to go down to Best Buy tomorrow and pick it up. Oh. <laughs> Uh, they're re-releasing Star Wars the first three the trilogy on Blu-ray uh, with way better cover art. I think it's just it's a I mean it's just Yoda on the front, but whatever. Yeah, and they come um, with DVDs this time. Oh yeah, yeah, but. Still not at the good release of original cuts yet. You know what I was thinking? We need to have a Star Wars unaltered trilogy Laserdisc party for real nerds. Ooh. Does anyone own a a Laserdisc player? Do you really? This guy. Do you have the original Laserdisc? Yeah, widescreen too. Oh, my gosh. Where Han actually shoots first? Yep. Oh, yeah. I've got the VHS still. I had a teacher in high school who owned them. Yeah? Man, that's awesome. Did you show him in class? He did once. It's no, not in class. Teacher's brilliant. Oh. Not in class. <laughs> it was, I was a founding member of the Star Wars Club at nice. Pine Creek, <laughs> yeah, Pine Creek High School. <laughs> you and both the other guys. <laughs> so you did a Star Wars Club? And yeah. we watched uh, Yeah, we watched the Laserdiscs. That is awesome. so cool. Man, 
I want to see the laser disc. That's yeah. Cool. I say we should bust them out. You have a player. Eventually, wow. eventually there will be a, a Blu-ray release of that. You know, eventually they did a DVD release. Like it'll it'll happen. Yeah, George I have, Lucas I have burned the DVD. it. No, he didn't. I, have Kathleen, Kathleen, I think it's hilarious that basically anytime George Lucas shows up now, Kathleen Kennedy is like walking him around, <laughs> like by leading him by the hand, like don't don't say anything stupid, don't piss off the mouse, and if I say no, that means no. <laughs> Um, I have the DVD versions, but apparently they're not anamorphic, so they stretch to whatever screen oh. you have. So I'm like, <laughs> that's the that's the one little I'm thing so that George Lucas left in, like just to fuck with people. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm yeah, not gonna. No, I'll give clean- them what I'll give them what they want, but they better have the newest fucking TV. And he didn't <laughs> clean it up either. Like, there's all these scratch marks in it too. It's, it's oh yeah, like, no, it no, no, great. it looks great on Blu-ray. Fuck you, <laughs> your <laughs> shitty versions. Um, there's a DVD release of this movie Centennial, um, which, or not a movie, it's an old, uh, fuck are you talking about James? I know, I know. It's a Richard Chamberlain, um, miniseries from long, long ago. That sounds great. Snore. um, Next. (laughs) My mom really loves. Uh, okay. Since your mom, I'll let it slide. And then also they're releasing a whole lot of inspector gadget this week on DVD, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, they are, they're, uh, they're splitting it up in multiple volumes for each season. So I have a feeling it's crazy expensive, um, but still pretty cool. So if you are like me and you really love that cartoon, or if you're just a fan of Get Smart, I love Get Smart. <laughs> check it. Check out those blue. Well, those does, is there an episode in Inspector Gadget where he confronts the Chinese guys and it's really racist? Because <laughs> that's in Get Smart and it's awesome. Uh, probably, probably. Where they have a picture of George Washington a painting and he has like he's an Asian George Washington. And that's their secret hideout. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> you guys should really watch Get Smart. I used to. <laughs> I got I the first season for like $9. It's great. Cool. 30 episodes. That was Mel Brooks, right? Yep. Yeah. That's it? Yeah, that's it. We're done. Very cool. Hey, let's, uh, let's start the In Remembrance of... It's Real News! So, um, they're going to make some new Friday the 13th movies, right? I can't believe you actually pulled up that article that I posted. Yeah, actually, I think a found footage of Friday the 13th would be badass. Actually, I want to pitch this idea. Is, is Do you think Warner Brothers or Paramount are listening to this? All the time. So my original, this is my idea for it. Um, so these cops get called to Crystal Lake, and, you know, there's, like, I don't know, guy filming. And then they they find a cabin where Jason was living, and it's full of cell phones. And then they take it in. They pull all the information off the cell phone. So it's like little vignettes of what Jason's doing. Mm. And so you have to watch like... Uh, so it's like it's like an anthology of people filming themselves getting killed on the phone? Yeah. I think it'd work. Who collected all the cell phones and put them in the cabin? Jason. He killed everybody. Why does he care about their cell phones? <laughs> it's like well, he's, uh, well, looking, he's well, looking for... Let new me take no, all wait, wait, wait. the evidence of my crimes and put them in one <gasps> spot for the police. Obviously, fine. this Friday the 13th fan is not a Friday the 13th it's fan. It's his trophy. Because if you've watched Friday the 13th, you know he puts the bodies in places. So the bodies are there, too. Yeah. Yeah. And they just have have, have cell phones on them or something. Yeah, to does he like the other kids into being more victims. I don't... What does he care about the cops? I'm not. I'm saying the cops go there after they get calls because there's kids are missing. Yeah, pay attention so, to the movie. So there's still kids running around the camp when they come there. No, what are you talking about, Brad? I'm talking <laughs> about the cops show up because there's kids being pay murdered. Pay attention to this fictional movie. That we're Jason's motivation <laughs> for putting like right things now. in places is to kill more people. No, no. He doesn't you know the cops are going to come. You didn't follow my simplest story. 
Here's what I want to know. He, he's killed a bunch of kids, and then their dead bodies are put in a cabin in the cop storm. They find dead bodies, and they all have phones on them, and they take the phones. With oh, the I thought you were saying there's just a cabin full of phones. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, like it's like he's a storage unit. No. Okay. Um, here's what I want to know. We store my <laughs> since I, yeah. since evidence. Cell phones I confiscated. <laughs> bloody axes I'll dump in here. Um, and if you watch 2009, he does have like like a bunch of shit in his like crypt. <laughs> I don't know what you'd call it. Can, like a, so can we make it into a morality play where like he goes through their phones and finds like the pictures of them sexting each other? Sure, whatever. You guys and, don't like, get what I'm trying to do. So fuck you guys. What's the next? No, piece no, 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 no. What's the I next was... piece? Of, what's the next piece of news? Yeah, we know I... Tom Clancy died. Boo, fucking who? Hey, Tom Clancy died. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that. Hold on. Let me close the article about Tom Clancy died. Now that we talked about it. Um, yeah, Tom Clancy died. They're gonna make more Narnia movies. That's crazy. I thought that was. Did dead. that go through? Yeah. Yeah, they're making Fox the silver chair. Finally figured it out. Last I heard, there was like some contract disputes and who owned the rights and whatnot. Yeah, now they're moving forward because they decided that they want to make money off of like Christian parents. So. Yeah. The last one did terrible. They're yeah. suckers. The last one, the Passion of the Which Christ. Is, the last one's really bad. The so. first one that Disney didn't touch was yeah, yeah terrible. Yeah, well, and and they should have skipped that one. Like I read those books, and they they keep skipping the un, the interesting stories. Um, and doing the ones that are, you know, obvious fantasy the movies. The silver yeah. chair. What? The next one's the silver chair, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then they'll straight into the last battle. Um, Here, let me it's be watching that. the two that are kind of set outside. Like those are those are my favorite two. They're the first two. Uh, well, they're one and well, they're one and three. So, oh yeah, yes, yes, because um. No, I think no, you're right. They no, are the horse. Yeah, the horse and his boy. Because Aslan's at the end of Horse and His Boy. So, um, but they're set outside of the main timeline, right. or and not timeline, but like storyline. Yeah, the pensives, and they're not in it. But yeah, those are the two. They're they're my favorite too. Yeah, um, they're, those are like actually really really interesting. Yeah, Magician's Nephew is would make a really great fun kids adventure movie. You know, of a a kid in old oldie England. Um, a magician's nephew runs into uh, no like his magician's like this crazy scientist and, and he basically the, gets sucked into these other worlds and then they like have the this birth adventure of Narnia. yeah 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 you also see Narnia be born um, and it's cool uh, and there's like this whole pool world that I was always fascinated does by. it come out of some like vagina no <laughs> it, no it's way more lame than that they, <laughs> the they go the witch and the they vagina. go like <laughs> the lion the witch and the vagina oh gosh oh, I don't oh yeah. Um, Continue listening as we ruin your childhood. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, there's this really cool like between world where there are all these pools and you use the and the and the way that you get from one world to the other is so creative. Like it, you know, I remember uh, when I was in sixth grade, we were supposed to read. I don't remember probably the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh yeah, that was. And I was like, oh, this book sucks. Wing. Yeah. And then I read like Choose Your Own Adventure 32, where you're like in a hot <laughs> air balloon or something. <laughs> yeah, you were never very literate. Um. So we got this trailer for Need for Speed this hey, week. Fuck you. Um, yeah, I don't care about it either. And then very last thing. Uh, yeah, Aaron Paul is horrible in Breaking Bad too. No, you dick. Um, <laughs> very last thing besides the fact that Tom Clancy died. Um, David Tennant is going to play the main character in the TV remake of Broadchurch, which is a show from the UK where David Tennant plays the main character. Why remake the fucking show? Like I haven't seen it. I've uh, yet. I've heard really great things, but like, why would? What's the point of making it in America if you're going to bring over the cast as well? Like, 
Isn't that mm. weird? I mean, that's that's weird. Other right? than bringing over the cast, I mean, like the first five episodes of the U.S. The Office is like verbatim. Right. Yeah, but at least the cast is different. Like it, you know, and and it allows them to to play with it and and do different stuff. Well, it's because people but... like you who like that crappy British TV. Oh, come are on! Like, oh, I'm not watching this. David Tennant's in it. You racist. David, but I no, think no, no. David Tennant's I'm... also a name. People want to see David Tennant. Yeah. Well, but I, I again. So I don't know why they don't just release the show over here. Like. Because um, British TV is boring. No, British TV. Quality. No, no. Some British TV is really good. It's and so some easy is not. to get James wound I know. up. No, I know you don't mean what you're saying. It's just that there are some people out there who do think the way you're thinking. And it's there are a lot of people out there who think the opposite of what you're thinking, which is that all British TV is brilliant. Space is the awesome. best thing ever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a bummer. Tom Clancy died. I really, actually, I, I I love the book Hunt for Red October. Oh, oh we're gonna talk about this. And one of my earliest memories of going to the movies with my father was to see the Hunt for Red October. Was that nineteen eighty nine? Yeah, right. right around yeah. there. Yeah. And I remember because he, uh, I I didn't I couldn't read the because at the beginning it has that scrolling thing where it's like do 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 do, and I couldn't read it that far. And my dad was like reading it to me in the theater. <laughs> I just remember that moment. That's funny. And then yeah. Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we also got. Um, speaking of Alec Baldwin, we also got a Jack Ryan trailer. I know this it's week. like came out the same day. They're like, "Oh, he died. Let's let's put this out no, so people that, watch." That it. seemed what a weird, right? Of a trailer too. And now the post. And now the poster says like from Tom Clancy. It's gross. It's a little gross. Like, and I don't think they mean to. I really don't. No, I probably because um, I really like Chris Pine though. They didn't design the poster that day. Um, Though it might it might kind of look like it, they could throw text onto a poster real sure. quick. But um, but it was a little bizarre. <laughs> Is it bizarre that I think Chris Pine has like a really sexy voice? Yeah. No. I no. think he has it's... like a sexy voice. No, he's good. He is a beautiful, beautiful man. He is. Yeah. He is a great Kirk. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really want to go to Best Buy and pick up the cast and crew commentary for Star Trek Into Darkness, just so I can hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go to Target and pick up uh, the other ones. I can hit J.J. Abrams commentary. They maybe order from Amazon because they'll probably have like technical commentary on it. Yeah, and then you just call up Paramount and be like, "Hey, mm-hmm. could you just send every one of your executives down to to my house so they can shit in my mouth?" Yeah, like, that would be great. Be, that'd be great. Oh, it's man. rich shit, so it's probably like full of just gold, just gold, gold flakes. They're eating, they're eating those meals that they got gold in them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway, that's news. Cool. No, it's not. Whoa! What I, I miss? can't believe you missed this. What? Twenty four. Oh yeah, I don't back, shit. and it's set in London. Hell, yeah. Oh yeah, so James will really like it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Audrey's coming back. That's awesome. It would be sweet if he like busted on the set of Downton Abbey. He's like, "This is how you kill fuckers." <laughs> boom, boom. I, I love your boom. tagline for this season. Oh, oh yeah, thanks. Uh, my tagline I texted to Brad when he texted me that I said uh, the Brins had ha- haven't had this much trouble with an American since the Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> so, did they say anything about what the uh, like how how the movie is going to play with time? What it, what it's gonna do with no. the, the oh, time yeah. issue? Oh, is it a movie? No, it's uh, it's, it's a it's a se- it's it a season, but it's 12? only twelve episodes of oh. the twenty four. So, you so know, it is it's twelve it'll be, hours. Yeah, it'll be like seven to eight, and then if like eight to nine aren't that interesting, or he has to go someplace that takes a while, like episode two will, might just start at nine to ten. Well, well I also so read too they're gonna make it really interesting. Like if it ends, it's eight to nine, and then it picks up, you know, eleven to twelve. Like what I just said. Yeah, but <laughs> no, but then something's gonna happen. Like in between that time, it might not be. You said it might not be interesting, but something interesting could happen. Oh, but you're, yeah. you're like picking it up, and you have to kind of see where what's happening with Jack and stuff. Oh, yeah. I see. Cool. 
See if, so, he would, so, if, so if you guys would just listen to me, but I was like, hey, you suck, you suck. And I said, no, I'll take it a different way. So what you're saying is they could skip over all the parts with Kim Bauer. Yes. Cool. I am in. I've got to catch <laughs> She's up. She's not bad in season eight. Yeah. yeah. She goes away really fast. Did she die? No, I wish. Oh, man. <laughs> What's crazy to me is the world she lives in is the worst. Like, yes, Jack Bauer is out there. Trying to track down nu- nukes and all that stuff, but everywhere Kim Bauer goes, there's some dude that wants to kill her or rape her, or there's a mountain lion Who's or to like rape her. Yeah, she, well, because she, she runs away in season two. She gets she runs away from the the like cops, and mm-hmm. then she ends up in that one dude's rape basement, <sighs> and then he, she runs away from him Kevin and gets in this car. Um, and that guy, like, totally wants to rape her. He's so like, I'm she, gonna he rape her. Get, he doesn't get in the car. She didn't get in the car with him because she's got a gun. And then this lady comes along, and because it's a lady, she's a lady okay. rapes her? Yes. Well, actually, I, she's that's a where scissor I am. raper? The, the lady might rape her, but I don't know yet. Don't make, don't make fun of a lady She's rape. pretty good in season seven, too. And, yeah, like, she's no, being she's, chased by those assassins, and then yeah. she, like, she makes that guy roll his car and then tries to. She yeah. sets her arm on fire. Yeah, she's pretty good. You know, in the 24 game for PlayStation 2, have you ever played it? The worst level is with her. She can't shoot or anything. You have to like sneak around these terrorists. That's so sexy. Sucks. Man. Remember but the, the game's pretty cool. Like the last thing you have to do in the game is uh your girlfriend's kidnapped. I forget which one. It's in between season two and three. And uh there's a gun to her head, so you have to like move your gun to hit the bad guy's head and shoot him in the head before he puts her back like in front of him, or you'll shoot and kill your girlfriend. In the real world, though, if I shot and shot her in the head, it'd shoot him in the head, too. So I guess I still won. But (laughs) it's a game over. (laughs) And, of course, in a game over in the 24 game, it just goes, damn. (laughs) Are you serious? No, I wish it did. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. One of my favorite ones is uh, in Mario Galaxy. When you you die, it just comes up and goes, too bad. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Uh, Remember... It's too bad that she's so bad, though, because you, you remember how, how badass it is to play as Ellie in The Last of Us? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so cool. Oh, yeah, Ellie's God. awesome. Oh, fuck it. Anyway, let's move on. Cool. My favorite death screens is in, uh, I think it's Metal Gear 3. Metal Gear Solid 3. Snake! Snake! <laughs> Snake! <laughs> that's right. That, that, no, that's, I, I think that's that. in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Snake. I don't think it's in 4. Snake! It's in, four, I know it's in the first one. <laughs> four, four. I think it's a, like a really serious, like somber, like oh you, oh you. And of course, in Metal Gear Solid Two, it's Raiden, Raiden. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Put some clothes on. <laughs> and yeah. Then when you, when you get to the end of Metal Gear Solid Two, you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> fuck this game. Yeah. Then you play Metal Gear Solid Three, like ah, it's pretty awesome. Metal Gear Solid Four, <laughs> you, when you die, it should just be that little girl's voice going, "No eggs for you." <laughs> Dude, Metal Gear Solid Four. I swear, you play, you watch it for like three hours, and then you like was, walk you, one way, and then it's like another twenty minutes. Oh yeah, awesome! It is oh, awesome. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh man, it, it was actually so like I kind of wanted to have somebody else to play the game when I actually had to play it, so I could like go do laundry or whatever, and then come back when they were doing cutscenes because I really didn't give a shit about the playable parts. <laughs> I remember when me and Brad worked at GameStop, and Zone of Enders came with the demo for Metal Gear Solid Two. We sold so many copies of Zone of Enders. It was unbelievable just wow. for that fucking demo. That's yeah. what they did with uh, Crackdown and Halo 2 or Halo 3. I really, uh, this is, 
I was gonna watch Death Wish four. Now I've never seen a Death Wish. Really? But, but Death Wish four is called the Crackdown, and he goes to kill crack dealers. So I'm like, <laughs> I kind of want to watch this. <laughs> but I watched uh, Tamara instead. But... I didn't realize that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, oh, and it's man. called the Crackdown. That's awesome. Uh, hey, it's comic book time. I have a comic book this week, unless anybody else has a comic book. Mm-hmm. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. I read uh, Forever Evil number two today, actually. What's for? Tell me about Forever Evil. It's uh, a new DC mainstream. Uh, oops, sorry. God, I'm terrible with this microphone. <laughs> it's all right. Forever Evil is a miniseries that they're doing right now. Uh, they brought back the crime syndicate from Earth 3. It's the, their first appearance in the new 52. I can never keep DC's fucking I, I, things together. I just don't know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm the, I'm a DC nerd. I don't, uh, I never really got into Marvel or any of the really good, like, independent comics. Like, I really should get into those. You gotta read Lock and Key. Yeah, I, I know. Like, I, every time I talk to people about comics, it's always like, oh, you just read DC? Well, okay. Well, I mean, I, I just read Marvel. But, so. I just feel sorry it's okay, for you. Ben. I almost only read DC too. But I, I mean, I'm really into that. And yeah, Forever Evil is about uh, the like the bad version of 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 the Justice League. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like Ultraman. And did you ever watch uh, JLA Crisis on Two Earths? No. The, that DC animated. No. All right. Well, never mind. I know. I, I just can't. I just can't help you. Yeah, that's what James doesn't read superhero books. It's about I know I read some. I even picked up Infinity or Infinity the Did the, the um, I haven't read it yet, but I have it. So Are you interested in Thanos? Um, yeah, I only bought it because the cover's cool with mm. Thanos on the front. So yeah, um, neat. Is it good so far? Yeah, cool. Uh, Jeff Johns is awesome. Oh, now I'm in. Okay, yeah, Jeff Johns. He, yeah. he's, he's a big architect for DC now. Like, yeah, he's, he's their he's their creative director. Yeah, he's their creative director. He's, he's also really, he's he, also the guy you go to when you're doing uh, superhero TV shows. Is he was he involved with Arrow? Oh yeah. Yep. yep. What about Flash? Uh, yeah. Yes. Or was that just and Heroes? Mark? Heroes like was his. That's the big one. Is yeah, that Heroes. he? You know, not great, but. Um, still his hero man it's so bad but it's so good really? <laughs> i i could never i don't think i've ever watched a, a show on the cw the uh when i i, I kind of want to see the show just because anytime i see concept art or, or like still images from the show of like the villains i'm like what the fuck are they doing it's like the guy um he's the he's like the sniper dude yeah. right who's who's got the dead like, shot dead shot yeah, yeah, yeah it looks like a like a power rangers villain it's so bad <laughs> but it's so good did you ever watch smallville yeah i watched it, like the first two seasons it's kind of i mean it's not as campy as smallville it, it's definitely the darker like it's it, okay it definitely takes inspiration from dark knight trilogy but it's in terms of tone i mean but yeah it's, it it's definitely like CW writing and CW like uh. demographic. Cr- oh. Stephen Amell with his with his shirt off for all the late for all those teen girls watching the CW. Oh god! But I, if, I mean, if you're a Green Arrow fan, if you're a you know, superhero fan, it's totally there's it, it it appeals to the nerd comic book comic book nerd also. Oh, that's so weird. I mean, I always wanted them to do that uh, that Green Arrow story of him and like the movie. That they always wanted to do of him in a, like a supermax jail yeah, breaking yeah, out. Yeah, Green, Green oh, God. Supermax. I don't give a shit about Green Arrow, but I would watch that Who, movie. Didn't Goyer write that? Like, yeah, was yeah. It Goyer. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and that, that script is out there somewhere, just floating. No one cares. But um, maybe I do. No, I mean, well, I mean, in Hollywood, nobody who has money cares. I'm not a big DC fan. So, how many issues are they in? Which one, what are we talking the, about? Of uh, Forever Evil. Uh, this was number two. Cool. I think they're doing seven. Cool. Is that like is that DC's Just, like big event this year? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they took over the books. They're all villain books. This. That was uh, last September. month. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so they're doing like that thing where the Avengers were all the Dark Avengers and the, like the Marvel did. You know. Ah, uh, it's bigger though. Oh, is it? It's like it's company wide. Where the Dark Avengers was its own book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I bet you can pick that up. You can at, at my, Colorado at Car- Queens 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 Queens. at Mile What? I said it. <laughs> Colorado, Colorado Queens Cards and Comics. <laughs> um, yeah, get a hold slot, get twenty percent off. Get your trades there, get twenty percent off. Get everything. Yep. Why not? The place is awesome. We should go there tomorrow. We don't have time. time. Oh. Anyway. Cool. This cool. week we saw gravity. We did. Um, and this is a part, I don't know if you've ever listened to our podcast, Ben, but we, uh, say, should you go see this movie or not? And now everybody here will say like one or two words. James will talk for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, instead of, you know, just saying if we should see the movie or not. Um, Ben, should people go see Gravity? If you go see it and you should see it in 3D. Wow. Brad, should people go see Gravity? I agree. Uh, see it in 3D. I'm surprised I'm saying that. Um, But be warned, it's more of an experience than than a story. Yep. James. Okay, yeah, we got about ten minutes. Go ahead. Um, yes, you should see this movie. Yes, you should see the, uh, see it in three D. And and it is intense. So know that it is intense going in. Um, somebody we saw it with was like, it was too intense. But so just be warned. But uh, great movie, man. Ah, uh, yeah, it's all right. I really like seriously. I wasn't even like it's impressive visually. Yeah, but the rest of it was meh. Yeah. Um. Here's a trailer for Gravity. I mean, I think it's just Sandra Bullock yelling. But yeah, here's a trailer. <laughs> Beautiful, don't you think? What? The sunrise. Terrific. So the story of Gravity, is, if you've seen the trailers, is Sandra Bullock and George Clooney and some other dude are on uh, a space station. And, <laughs> yeah, that poor guy. Uh, a space shuttle, and they're, we're doing repairs to the Hubble telescope. 
Uh, they're they're adding something else so that it can scan space or some bullshit. Yep. Um, but it opens with an amazing um, oh, 15, wow. 20 minute single shot of obviously not one, but I mean the camera's moving to different yeah. locations and it's, it's really well all done. Three characters. Yeah. Um, one thing about this movie though, I mean visually it's one of the beautiful, most spectacular movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Um. I mean, and, and I mean the whole movie is Sandra Bullock and George Clooney are the space shuttles destroyed by space debris. And they're trying to get to the International Space Station. Those damn Russians. Damn Russians with <laughs> Just missiles? shooting shit out of the sky. What? Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's pretty harrowing. Um, yeah. There's some great moments in it. Uh, I haven't looked at the EPK, so there will be no scene this week. <laughs> Unless, Brad, you want to throw one in. Um, but do, do I do that now? Sure. Steady. Aim. Fire. Empty. We're gonna hit hard. Grab a hold of anything you can. Wow, that was a great that's scene. That's a cool scene where Sandra oh, Bullock man. was panicking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, I, I, like I said, the, the movie is visually spectacular, but the rest of the movie, I'm just like this. I really wasn't like that excited in it. I really didn't think it was that intense. Mm. Um, I I don't know. And people keep on talking about how Sandra Bullock should be nominated and probably will win for Best Actress. I Disagree. Don't she, I don't think she did anything not that a, was not even close. Yeah, yeah I don't think no. she did anything that was unique or i mean you guys can chime in i mean that i'm obviously in the the minority here where i don't think you have to see this movie i think the three of us agree that it's not you don't don't see this movie because it's a great story or you're, yeah it's it's not even really a film i would say or 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 a, a, a movie in that sense i think it's just it's just it's everything i think being like life in space would be like just yeah you know, when you think about NASA, you think it's all glorious and like, like uh, advancing humanity and how great it would be. But like in reality, it would be fucking terrifying every second of your like life, like minute up there. Without like, like the space station is relatively safe, but like having to go out in the shuttle and like float out there with just, just a tether, like that, seeing that really up close is terrifying. Well, except to be fair, like. 
we've never actually lost an astronaut in space and in this movie we lose a lot of them and like <laughs> the they they make space way more dangerous than it is um the truth yeah, is a russian Earth, shot, uh, but that's the thing it's like it's well, so they, like, i don't know if they the made it more dangerous than it is i think they just took it to a, 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 a logical scenario. extreme well what i mean by that is yes there is a lot of just shit that we've left in space um but if you blew one up it wouldn't create a spinning vortex of knock out all the technology on the planet death. Um, also, partially, partially because <laughs> regular satellites are on a completely different plane uh, as far as orbit is concerned than... Uh, James, this is a movie. Those are. Uh, no, I'm just saying, like... <laughs> When, when we when we talk about like what it's like to be an astronaut, this is not what it's like to be an astronaut. The opening well, shots. I mean, there like. are plenty of plot holes. Let's yeah, the opening the opening shots are what it's like to be an astronaut. But I'm just saying, like that's the movie made me feel like like I was on the edge of my seat, just being like, like really feeling what they were feeling. Like yeah. I just I I felt like oh my god, I would hate like this is just nerve wracking <laughs> yeah. in the situation right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Like everyone, all the characters are really cool and calm for the most part, but I would just be like. I'm going to be floating out here for the rest of my life. This sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, to get back to what you were saying, I don't think you are totally in the minority in that I agree that, like, Sandra Bullock's character is actually kind of flat. Um, like, I'm, I'm interested in her. Like, I'm interested in what she's going through, but this is not going to be a movie. Like, when it was over, my mom said, like, oh, you know, it's like Castaway in Space. And I was like, no, because Castaway makes me weep. This movie will never make me weep. Um, because I care about those char- that character so much um, and what he goes through. Whereas in this one, it is more just visually what's happening is so crazy and so cool um, and so extreme that uh, that yeah, you're just I'm just in it. Uh, like you say, like you you feel like you are stuck in space in a lot of ways, and it's more about my experience than it is about hers. Uh, it's definitely voyeuristic, you know. No one, I don't think anyone's gonna be. No one's gonna take. Sandra's spot you know no one's going to put themselves mm-hmm. she's not our surrogate because that right. character's not interesting it's, yeah no one cares about her because yeah she lost her daughter but that just kind of felt like it was shoehorned in there yeah, yeah. It, it, it's an attempt it was, it's a desperate attempt to try and make, make her story a, yeah, yeah, but it was it was but. so much a this is a survival movie here's the first thing that happens yeah. okay so she got over that here's the second thing that happens okay so it it, it Everything, I, I wasn't surprised by anything. I think it was just the experience, the very immersed experience of being put in there, watching them. I think that's what visually, like you guys are all saying, it's it's great. I don't think it's story. I think it's 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 a painting. I think I think the better story with her is the one that begins with her being somebody who can't even unbuckle herself from the from the thing at the beginning so so much so that George Clooney has to go get her from the ed- end of that arm um to Ben being it's it's all in that subtle little moment where she's going to she's trying to get to the chinese ship and she's going to jettison herself out of this thing and uh, like that's that smart survival moment when she looks back and goes no i got to take the fire extinguisher with me that's really smart like it's this one moment where she's actually thinking critically and making plans about how to survive in space for the first time in the whole movie pretty much like that everything she did up until then was what george clooney told her to do that was the first choice that she made where you were like now she's being smart um that story to me is more interesting than her getting over the death of her daughter and all of that stuff um but that's but then they should have done that 
Like they kind of just it was mm. if the best yeah, thing right. that you can say about this movie is that they did the very bare minimum of <laughs> of character development, then that's not good enough, you know? Yeah. Well I think the best character in the movie is actually George Clooney. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, he's on his last mission and you know he He's a badass. He's yeah, like brave and Yeah, and he has that cool quippy, I mean, like, he's very charming. It's the thing about Clooney is you know, I love his movies and I love him as a director because I think he's like the ultimate cool. You know, and I was actually I I mean I was I thought the movie was okay, but I actually got pissed when I thought that he came back. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me that he's like literally Oh yeah like coming yeah. back in and he's back mm-hmm. and it's like that's so yeah. stupid. But it that actually turned out to be a great moment in the yeah. movie yeah. where, you know, it, she was hallucinating because she's taking oxygen out, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's funny because you know, I've always said like one of the things I learned when I was learning to write was if you ever write a dream sequence, delete it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is one that actually kind of works, um, and like I, just because of the circumstances of the of think, that scene. I think that's what they wanted, though. I think he wanted people to be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, Clooney's back." Not, not that's not your reaction, mm. obviously, but I think that he wanted yeah. that that average Other movie people. goer to be excited about Clooney being back and then losing him again. And I think that's just what. Yeah. I think that's purposefully. See, I knew it was fake to begin with because I was like, yeah, nah, I mean, man, she, that's not the reaction that would, that's not exactly what would happen when she got back, or when he got back in. But you're, like, I know enough about space that, yeah. You're a well-versed moviegoer, too. You, you understood that that wasn't real. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, but I think for the average moviegoer, I think that was put in there mm, purposefully. Yeah. Actually, the scariest thing about it for me was I was like, oh shit, is this a movie where halfway through she's dead and the rest of the movie is like a weird metaphor of like what, what she's dreaming it's like <laughs> in her afterlife? Like, oh god, don't but do yeah, that. I love that scene and I love the scene too where uh, George Clooney was telling her to let him go mm-hmm. because he knew, like, because he's such a badass hero that he knew the only way he could save her is by, you know, killing himself. Um, but that—that's also a—that's another space tr- space film trope. Yeah. It's oh yeah, little, for sure. It's it's a little heavy-handed. I mean, that was in. To me, still the cooler scenes are like um, when he goes to get her, and he first tethers himself to her, but then is like, uh, because the science of this movie is great. Yeah. Like really great. And when he when he's like, oh, I got to get you away from the thrusters, and he pushes her away from him, and then they bob back and forth in space like there's no control over them. That's the that that's what's great about this movie. Like those those moments where you're just like, holy shit! Like they they have no control. Um, or you know, or yeah, like when any of the many many shots where they're flying around just close enough to something, but not quite close enough to touch it. Oh man! Um, and also, how weird is it like not having sound in space? Like when things explode, it's just like mm. there's nothing behind what there's the, like the characters talking. It's so yeah. so bizarre. It is, yeah, whoever yeah. did the sound design on this. It's great. It's fantastic. It's technically, almost, the movie is really spectacular. I mean, yeah. technically, it's really good. The one thing I would say on that side is that I, I mean, I kind of want to go back and listen to the score isolated, but I think in the film, especially early on, that score might be intrusive. I don't, I, th- I think that that score is too much in scenes where there shouldn't be a score. Because um, I was noticing it and going like, this should mm-hmm. be quieter. Why are you doing, you know? Um, man. Ah, I... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, one of my, f- I, uh, just one of my favorite moments was actually at the end when she gets out of the water mm-hmm. after yeah. swimming, and then she can barely get herself up. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to what you were talking about—that character moment of just being able to let go and finally 
accept that, you know, whatever's happening, you can still, you know, you can still survive, you know? Yeah. Uh, what Pretty much what Clooney was trying to push her into doing. Yeah. I, I, and I, th- I just wish they would have gone, I wish that was the movie in terms of the story. I wish that was the story instead of. And that's where it gets its I'm, title from, guys. I'm going to go so far as to say, I actually think that might be the story, but that Sandra Bullock's really bad. Like now that as I look back at it more and more, especially looking at like the scenes where she's on the radio with the Chinese guys and the scene when she's in descent in the pod and she's having these sort of monologues with herself mm-hmm. um, when she's praying to George Clooney afterwards in, in trying to get the Chinese one going um, and she's like talk, or, or no when she's trying to get to the Chinese one. Um, all those scenes are where I should Learn to love that character, and I think that what's happening in in them is probably the right kind of stuff, but that she's just not good enough. I would alternatively, respectfully disagree. Okay, I think what you're saying is is that, or at least what I think what you're getting at is those beats are happening too late. They needed to be earlier in the film. I think the screenwriting is what's is 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 what's lacking in this film. Hmm. I think those, 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 um, you know, the, that moment where we find, because there was one of the quotes, or, or I, I don't remember the direct quote, obviously, was uh, Clooney telling her, you know, you got to learn to let go, you got to let me go. Yeah. That should have happened sooner in the film. I think that's the, the structural design of the story itself was, I think, that off. we We just spend too much time with Clooney? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't think, I don't think. Less time with Clooney is the answer, or more more time with Sandra Bullock. I need more time with Clooney. <laughs> I'd be more interested when he was like floating away and talking to himself. You yeah. know, uh, again, the 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 technically the movie's great, but there's just parts. I mean, there's a part where she's in the Russian capsule and she hits something. And she said, "You gotta be kidding me!" I'm like, "Oh my god, that's horrible." Yeah, like she just. I, I don't get why people think she deserves an Oscar for it. That's the thing. I yeah. I yeah. I it's, it's stuff like that where I look at it and I think. I I don't think that's the script. No, I think I that's her. You. I agree with you in that in that she didn't. I mean, she did nothing and, special. And you know, hopefully, it's not just me not liking Sandra Bullock in general. But yeah, she's good um, in Speed. Yeah, she yeah she was good in Speed. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. She never should have won an Oscar. What I said it, dude. She picked up that orphaned black guy, which is kidnapping, off the streets. And <laughs> <laughs> Brad, what uh, do you think? You're always so quiet. I said a bunch of stuff. What are you talking about? Yeah, he said a bunch of he, proportionate to what he normally says. He, he was doing pretty good. <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking for? I don't know. You all right over there? Yeah, I'm fine. Look like you're about to die. Your hair's <laughs> all tussled. I don't. He's been what? through an experience, man. I told you I was in a harrowing space experience. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to die. Uh, one of my favorite moments. Well, I've got a couple things. One of my favorite shots is when she gets into the ISS um, and she almost falls asleep and she like she's spinning and she falls into the fetal position and it's really heavy handed. It's really heavy handed, yeah. but it's really pretty too. There is there there are these pipes behind her and very obviously They're she is. She looks like an in, she looks like an unborn child in that moment. Like she she gets back inside and it's this whole womb. It's you the know? shot from uh, 2001. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it totally is. Um, there are actually a number of like sci-fi references in here. Um, is this anybody's one of their favorite movies of the year? No. Uh, well, you know, it might be. It might be on my top ten, but it's not going to be my number one. Um, for that, for that very reason, that I don't bring anything away character-wise. Um, the lessons about survival and stuff like that have been done so much better. I'm just saying it's so universally there. loved. I think it's at ninety eight percent on. I think. I think it's because of the visuals. It's the same thing that happened with Avatar. Avatar was beautiful, but it yeah. was also Pokemon. Yeah, I, I think. I, I think there's I a lot stand. more to hold on to here than than Avatar. As much as well, I, are you going to rank it higher than you ranked Avatar? Shut up. I would say um. it's. I would say it's visually better than Avatar. I would say. I would even. Yeah. Go, I would go so far as to say Avatar had more of a story, and Avatar and it, had no story. And I will say there are times when it looks CG. When I'm when I'm looking at, looks like it's not very it's, much not you know, real. The, the time I thought it looked the most unreal is when they had um, like tools or something floating in the 3D space. Mm. Like when they were like things were crashing and exploding. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. But when she was going through the space station, she'd hit a screwdriver and it'd spin. That that's the time it didn't look right yeah. for me. Uh, well, and, and there are weird things like when she gets in and out of the suit, where I'm not sure what parts of her are CG because there are. There's a lot of this movie where the characters are CG mm-hmm. and they have they have real faces on them, um, and so sometimes that breaks a little, mm. um, but it's still pretty damn good. Mm. Yeah, I didn't uh, notice that. But. My other favorite moment is when she's getting onto the Chinese space station and she's she's using the fire extinguisher to propel herself properly to get there, and when she runs out of fire extinguish, I don't know stuff mm-hmm. um she throws it away from her in order to push herself towards the space station that is so smart mm-hmm. oh my god like that i i freaked out in my seat when she did that i was like oh that's that's so mm-hmm. good um yeah man it's it's all the like sciencey stuff about what it's like in space all those newtonian I just physics loved. that just have different meaning in space yeah it's amazing and I also wanted them in the credits to reveal that Ed Harris's character's name was Ed White because that's his character in, in Apollo 13. <laughs> um, like I wanted a shot of him in his white vest trying to save Sandra Bullock. Um, but Brad, is going to be one of your favorite movies of the year, you think? I'm not fucking telling you. you got to wait until the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Fuck you too, Brad. Uh, you yeah, I don't shit. know. <laughs> fucking dick. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it is just so impressive. Um, visually, this, like it's gonna stick with me, and it's gonna be a movie that I'm gonna want to see over and over again, but not a movie that I am going to hold on to. Um, it's weird. This is a movie that I can get behind the 3D. I'm not a big fan of 3D. Yeah, me and either. I'm I I don't know if it's a fad. I agree with the sentiment behind that statement. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with. At face value, I don't think it's a fad. Yeah, there's too much money to be made for right. it for it to be a fad. It's a, it's a fad that I don't think is going away. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think this movie though, it wasn't 3D for the sake of 3D. Yeah, yeah. I agree. The yeah. the physics of space. I mean, it was like if you watched Man of Steel in 3D, that would make sense because the way because the way he flies, the way they designed his physics of how he flies and takes off, mm-hmm. it looks awesome in 3D. So I think that's kind of with this too with gravity like the 3D wasn't just there for shits and giggles. It's one of the things I said, you know, why I'm not I'm not really on board with 3D but why it works well in this movie. Um when you go to Disney World, they do they have 3D stuff there, but they make it so you focus on something that can be 3D 
And that's what I think is lost a lot of times when you go see it in movies where it's just like, well, we're going to add depth yeah. to something. Where um, when I saw The Hobbit, there's moments in The Hobbit that look great in 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie is, yeah, technically maybe the coolest 3D movie I've seen. Yeah. Um, it, it, goes, it goes to that thing that I've said ever since How to Train Your Dragon where I, I think 3D works really well if you're dealing with three-dimensional objects suspended in space not touching the edge of the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If there is a dragon in the foreground and it's flying and in the background is just some other stuff far away, the 3D looks really cool. But as soon as stuff starts to reach the edges mm-hmm. of the screen, it just starts to break. Um, and here, where you've got just people floating all the time, um, and especially because in, in space it gives you this idea of how far things really are from each yeah. other that is really important for a movie where distance is so integral um and it's just gorgeous like that opening shot where you see the clouds moving on the earth and those are in 3d and then you you just barely start to see the ship moving in and getting closer to you and it gets larger and larger so cool um man and we did learn today how easy it is for movie theaters to use 3d because uh the trailers said put on your 3d glasses but it was not working so they literally just (laughs) put another filter over it and then yep. it looked great it was, uh, it seemed like they were backwards because if, if you the lenses, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah if you uh if you flipped your lenses backwards they worked so i ran out there and said like hey you guys have the 3d on backwards and they went oh okay and then they ran away i know we saw you run away we're gonna say something but like oh james is already on it yeah yeah i don't fuck around anymore man Mm-mm. i straight up t- uh sitting down next to my brother's girlfriend there was this like you know middle-aged couple yeah, we heard who him. were whispering very early in the movie and the beginning of the movie is silent and i straight up leaned forward and stared at them until they looked at me and was just like seriously <laughs> like the movie fucking just started like they just ended the don't talk man <laughs> or we're gonna kick you out yeah like that's the thing always uh you know the whispering it always drives me crazy because it's always a it's and they were and yeah, they were like yeah, yeah. laughing, and I'm like going, okay, the movie just started. Like, what? What's so funny that you're whispering into each other? Like, <laughs> maybe they man. really want to see Ronan Forty Seven. <laughs> yeah, I am not afraid of you. You should be. I'm a dragon. I know it's cool. I actually want to see Keanu Reeves in an action movie again. I think it'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. What was the? What's that one he just released? I think it was like straight to video on demand. Oh, really? Or no, same day as theaters. Uh, it's like Man of Tai Chi or something like that. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Ooh, yep. Hmm. Next week, what are we seeing next week? Uh, well, next Machete week we're kills. in Telluride. Oh, yeah. So hopefully we'll get to see Machete Kills like maybe Sunday night before we come back. Or when we come back. But uh, it's going to be tight. It's going to be or tight. Or Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. My dad wants to see oh, that. Oh, is that time. next? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably see it later on. So that's not a big deal. Yeah. Maybe during the week we'll see, yep. we can get together and watch it. Yep cool so yeah tell you ride next week yeah man yahoo if you live near tell ride come see us man it'll be fun one of the best times of the year ben thanks for stopping by buddy this was a blast guys cool thank you give Sorry. a shout out for uh all your stuff where you can find you and we can check you out all right one last time yeah for yeah. Sure, for yeah, sure, yeah for sure uh at benjamin Urbach, uh for twitter uh or you can check out the uh films handle uh what was it? Oh yeah, at Riverbridge Film, um, <laughs> at Riverbridge Film. Check out all the pre-production, post-production, uh, in production. We'll have some pictures and we'll be tweeting. We'll be tweeting it out. Um, Vimeo.com. Search for Jabroni Films. You can see some of our old stuff. We haven't really kept that up to date, so it's just kind of the early old stuff. But 
You check it out anyways. Cool. Sweet. Appreciate you coming by. Yeah, thank you. A ton of fun. Doors I always open, it. man. Anytime. Any- anytime. Anytime. Maybe next time I'll have this microphone thing figured out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I still don't have it figured out. You're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're going to get helmets. Helmets to just strap the mic into. Yes. That'd be awesome. Right? Just have <laughs> it come down right here like a... Um, like a, like a Michael Jackson one? No, I was thinking Sweet. like totally like ghetto, a, like just a football helmet that like we jam. <laughs> we just jam the mic into the into the thing. Cool. Yeah. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even. RealNerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.